0: In a viral video, you can see Russian soldiers preparing for some kind of conflict. A super chiseled, shaven head Russian man sits up from his bed, muscular. Then there's another picture of him. He's like in a bomber jet, and he's got like a hood over his head. And then he jumps out, and he's got like a bolt-action rifle or whatever, because it looks like he's got an AK-47 and another Anyway, the point is, this is an ad for the Russian army, apparently, and it makes the Russians look like pretty badass and this viral video then juxtaposes it with the American Army ad, which is a young woman talking about going to LGBT pride events in support of her two moms. This is getting slammed by conservatives, and I don't think the Democrats really all, you know, care that much or the woke care that much until it became a culture war issue. But Ted Cruz said that the Democrats and the woke media are trying to make our military into pansies. So across the US, we've seen the expansion of critical race theory in many companies. During the Trump era, there was a strong effort to push back. Donald Trump at the very, at the 11th hour signed his executive orders to ban critical race theory in government, government trainings and then any company that contracts with the government, but Joe Biden has reversed this. So there's a lot of optimism, but there's also a lot of pe- pessimism. Today, We've got some people here who have actually dealt with the expansion of critical race theory among, uh, with, with, uh, from those in their own organization, and how they pushed back and actually wrote about how they were able to resist this. So we're going to talk a lot about critical race theory today, where we're currently at, optimism, pessimism. Of course, we have the military. We also have the woman who wrote the 1619 Project outraged because she was denied tenure, even though apparently it isn't something she should have actually gotten. And they're claiming now in mainstream press that it's cancel culture. Because she wrote fake history, and nobody's buying it. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it to you guys to introduce yourselves. You know, because I know that there's you know, just I'll, I'll just throw it to you. you. You go ahead. You can. You can. start yeah. Grace.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah. I'm Grace. And Curtis. Aloha. I'm Curtis. <laughs> there we go. Happy <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> to be with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
0: uh, just you, you want to give like a really brief introduction of Yeah. You
1: know. Sure. Um. So we're co-founders of a nonprofit organization doing trainings with lay care providers working with trauma survivors all over the world. So pretty um, high trauma contexts like refugee camps and uh, human trafficking aftercare and foster kids and that kind of thing. Right on. So we're training people who do not have a clinical background in how to better support the people they serve.
0: So you wrote an article for the American, uh, was it the American Mind? Yep. About this push for critical race theory, I suppose. Yeah. Alright, well then, we'll just, uh, we'll get into it, I suppose. Did you wanna add anything to that, Curtis? I... I'm just here so that I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good Yay. answer. All right. So, so I, I think you know for for this this the show we're, we're gonna be going through like the whole story start to beginning. So it's yeah. probably better we save a little bit of it. So Ian has set up his static orb. Yes,
2: I'm yes. ready now.
0: The static orb.
3: Oh,
2: nice. Thank you,
0: Tim. I'm loving it. Um, got a little shea butter
3: on my hands, moisturized, ready to rock and roll. Let's
2: I love this. it. This is gonna be a great show. I'm really excited, and I am here in the corner pushing the buttons for it as always.
0: But don't forget go to timcast.com become member we have a huge library of awesome members only content when you sign up to be a member you're really helping us grow the business because we are talking with a bunch of other producers about new shows so timcast.com is going to have a ton of content so that that membership is going to go a long way but we are very close to opening up every friday night as a, as a semi-public event which means sign up those that give at least 25 bucks a month will be will will, will see the announcement and we're doing 10 first come first serve tickets for those that are, you know, big fans and you're able to catch the article. And then we're doing 10 auction tickets. So it's like to the highest bidder and we're trying to find a way to balance getting as much opportunity to everybody who don't have the time or who don't have the resources. It's not easy. It's not perfect, but sign up because that will be coming soon. We just got to get through a lot of the business work to make it, you know, on the level. You can't just invite a bunch of. People to a building, you know, there's there's, there's laws and stuff, but uh, definitely do it. And don't forget to like and subscribe to this channel. Like like, like this video, subscribe and share the show with your friends because we're going to get serious right now. Let's jump in to our story. So this is the article, "The American Mind." You can hold your you can hold your ground against critical theory. And there's this image of. <laughs> A bunch of very angry people with pitchforks and baseball bats, shovels. One guy's got an axe. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I've, I've seen angry mobs depicted in movies, but this guy's got an axe and he's wearing some kind of ballistic helmet. Oh, my. That's a pretty serious graphic they got there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't, I don't think what you were, you guys were going through involved people with axes chasing you.
1: Not literally, no. No,
0: not literally, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the gist of your story is that you run an organization and wokeness, critical race theory started to emerge. And you guys fought back. So why don't you just tell me from the beginning, like, what happened?
1: Yeah. So I actually joined Twitter almost a year ago because we were dealing with what we could tell were some sort of ideological um, strains of thought happening within the organization. And with those strains of thought, some very specific, um, strongly worded requests around how the organization should proceed.
0: So what does your organization do?
1: Right. So we're Just... we're doing the trainings for people who work with survivors of trauma. So uh-huh. we're we're training lay people, so people who do not have clinical training um in how to better serve the people that they are helping.
0: Cool. So um, then uh, so what yeah. happened with these ideologies?
1: So yeah, so it's connected to, you know, psychology counseling um and those fields are influenced now in part by critical theory, which is an academic theory um and Wow. Most people, I mean, I think the language is kind of a hard part about this because, you know, when you use, use a word like woke, it's really loaded and it's becoming kind of a pejorative and people will resist that. And, you know, like, okay, you're just using woke to say like anything I don't like that's coming from the left. It's just sort of this vague word that catches everything and you don't even really know what it means. Um, so let's, and, so, so if yeah. you don't
0: mind, uh, how about I just, I'll pull up critical theory as Wikipedia defines it. Not yeah. the perfect definition, mm-hmm. but for those that we want to avoid, you know, loaded phrases. Yeah. They say critical theory is a Marxist approach to social philosophy that focuses on reflective assessment and critique of society and culture in order to reveal and challenge power structures with origins in sociology and literary criticism. It argues that social problems are influenced and created more by societal structures and cultural assumptions than by individual and psychological factors. Maintaining that ideology is the principal obstacle to human liberation, Critical theory was established as a school of thought primarily by the Frankfurt School uh, uh, Theoreticians.
2: Theoreticians?
0: Theoreticians. Herbert Marcuse, Theodore Adorno, Walter Benjamin, Eric Fromm, and Max Horkheimer. Horkheimer described a theory as critical insofar as it seeks to liberate human beings from the circumstances that enslave them. Yeah. So this is what...
1: Marxist liberation from systems of power and oppression orchestrated by humans on behalf of other humans or humans collectivizing in order to liberate themselves from hegemonic oppression. So, yeah, definitely Marxian in nature. The thing is, though, and where it gets hard is even though people are very influenced by the ideas of critical theory, and we're seeing this all over our country at this point, you know, in schools and the military and medicine, um, a lot of people who have embraced the ideas of critical theory don't wouldn't call it that they don't know they wouldn't say oh i'm a critical theorist i believe in critical theory so while they're while they have accepted many of the tenets and they're using the jargon like oh there are systems of power and oppression and we need to you know we need to examine these power structures and make sure that we're not complicit in perpetrating abuses or perpetrating oppression so we're all familiar with that language at this point if you were to you know ask the average person like Oh, like, where would you say your ideas are coming from? They might say something just like social justice. It's social justice. I'm doing social justice. And so it's like, that's great. I- I'm for that, you know, but they're not maybe aware of the actual roots of this thing and how it, the aims of it, you know? Um, and so they end up aligning themselves with a theory that is fundamentally, and I mean, this is why I think it's so important to speak out about it is it's dehumanizing. Um, Definitely. So, and we felt that. And so, I mean, in terms of that image being somewhat, um, Sensational with all the pitchforks and whatnot. It still is, and, and other people, many other people, because when I when I I posted this story on Twitter and it ended up being spread abroad and
0: so well. well let's start. Uh, I'll start from the arg. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a left argument, I suppose, or okay. a critical critical sure. theory theorist argument. Yeah. So you you run this organization mm-hmm. and you start noticing you you start noticing this ideology. Mm-hmm. The first question you'll probably get is well, what's wrong with someone speaking up and trying to have you know racial justice within your company? Do, are you against that?
1: No, not at all. In fact, I share those same values, and I think we might differ in strategy. And then what happens is when you say, I differ in strategy, they say, it sounds like maybe you're unwilling to investigate your white privilege or your whiteness or how you're complicit in this system. It sounds like you're not really ready to talk. So, what, so it what, quickly shifts from the idea to you.
0: What was the first thing that happened that, uh, that you noticed?
1: Right, so actually the first time the rubber really met the road where we were like okay wait a minute And so first of all curtis <clears throat> runs the staff i'm technically a volunteer for the organization and have been on the board the governing board
0: i couldn't help but notice that curtis is a white male
1: you are correct
2: <laughs> he's also straight oh he's also cisgendered oh no are you a christian he's a christian oh. Oh. <laughs> i'm gonna pass yeah. out <laughs> what's well, it
1: five things but, but trifecta uh, it's, a, it's a oh five man that's like way yeah. more um
0: but i uh, jokingly i i jokingly but i do bring it up because yeah. i'm sure that it, oh, yeah. with him running the staff absolutely that was immediately a point that yep. people brought up so mm-hmm. again i i, I shouldn't uh, interrupt but you know so no, what, no. what did you notice
1: no it's an important point um well I mean he might be able to speak to this more cuz it was he was beginning to feel like I don't even have the right to or it's hard for me to contradict my own staff in certain ways um based on how they're presenting these things to me as though these are non-negotiables. Well so know? so
0: what were they presenting like what happened?
4: Yeah. Um I mean so I would say that the first time that I Felt like we. I ever kind of even hit the pause button because I, I. First of all, I, I hired all these people. I love these people. They're not people that are carrying pitchforks. Exactly. Like it, I mean, when you try to have these conversations, of course you're you're being you're trying to get people's attention. So I'm glad that that we are attentive to this conversation now, and so all these people I hired them. They did great work in so many ways for so many years. Um, we. I'm proud of what we accomplished together, and I love and care about them, and. It was an honor to partner together as well as um, support them in, in all the ways that I was able to. Um, and the first time that I ever felt the need to push pause um, on and really kind of analyze their approach to um, providing the mental health resources that our organization's mission uh, offers was when affirmative care came up and when we were trying to talk through our guidelines of really being welcoming inclusive and a space that of course the shared value uh, of everybody being able to um have access to what we had to offer and to feel comfortable and and uh be able to uh receive from that time in that educational space so it, it that is where things began to surface was around the strategy of how to uh welcome and include people and so.
1: Right. And specifically around gender identity and the use of gender pronouns. So it was, was it, it was an issue of speech and compelled speech because at first. Well, it, was it,
0: was this you guys introducing a policy or is this something brought to you like wanting a new policy? No.
1: So the, the, our, the way our, the organization is structured is we're a training organization. So we have trainers who are contract employees who are all over the world. You know, they, they're scattered different places and they lead trainings for us. And then we have a central team at headquarters that, that oversees the training program. So it was those training program staff that began, you know, wanting to introduce into the curriculum this idea of we should be actually teaching the people at our trainings about gender identity. And a good way to model that is to actually more than invite I mean, at first. And they, they eventually realized their, their first approach was not the best, but their first approach was everyone needs to share a pronoun whether you know what that you know whether that's your thing or whatever like we're gonna we're gonna have the, the whole circle share their gender pronouns i mean there were comical moments because like we we train everybody in the world and even the people who come to where we are locally and are trained with us are, are coming from all over the world uh, so aren't we, there
0: are many languages no, languages that don't have pronouns
1: uh that's a good or, or point. Or like
0: non-gendered ones? Like we, I think
1: these trainings that were happening locally were done in English. So anyone yeah, yeah. who was there was an English speaker. But yes, we did we train in other languages as well. And in contexts where yeah, absolutely this category of gender identity would just be completely foreign and inappropriate to to bring up. But um this in the local trainings, you know, we'd have moments where you know a woman from Uganda was there at the training and it gets to her and she's just like I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, I don't know. So it's like, how is this inclusive? Like, you're making her feel like she's no idea what's going on. This, You know, and so they they backpedaled from that. But um, it was still their deeply held conviction that if you don't bring that category of gender identity into the space, as they would say it, the people who that category is important to their identity will feel erased, essentially. Um, And
0: it's a very egocentric Yes. Um, like, worldview. Right. Like, right. my, that. my experience trumps yours. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um and the, the fact also that even though some of our training staff were licensed clinical mental health professionals, these training spaces are not clinical spaces. So there was that thing too of like, well wait a minute, like how can we be doing care? Like this is a, this is a clinical model of care, affirmative care, like we're, we shouldn't even be touching it at all, we're training, we're an educational space. Um, no one is signing confidentiality waivers to be here. No one is receiving therapeutic care from you. Um, and so that just kind of, that is what ripped off the, the lid to all of this. Cause I just was like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know why this is such a big deal to them. I don't get it at all. I need to start doing some reading. Um, and this was probably like three years ago. It's been, it was, yeah. yeah, and, And that I really started, I, I, using some of the jargon that I heard from them on a regular basis I just started reading so intersectionality you know was a big word that I heard them use and um, that was kind of where I started and then that that launched me into this world of critical theory
0: this is why I say woke and I don't say critical theory critical yeah. theory is one aspect of what we're exactly. we're seeing, what we're seeing but mm-hmm. then you have intersectionality mm-hmm. then you have fourth wave feminism and all these different ideas mm-hmm. and so I understand that you know woke might be loaded because you've got a mm-hmm. culture war going on but it's more of an umbrella term for a variety of authoritarian ideology, right? It's it's very it's it's uh, uh it's, it's a moral framework that believes in their own superiority, much like many fundamentalist
1: religions. It's unassailable. You can't examine right. it. You can't challenge it. Right. So so that to me was what raised the red flags was like, hey, I'm. I'm totally happy for you to disagree with me. Like, that's why we hired diverse people, you know, is we we wanted the strength that comes from different perspectives. But when you tell me I must accept your conception of reality, and I can't even ask questions because asking questions alone reveals that I'm, I'm revealing like my resistance to even being a good person or something by asking questions. It's like, oh, I don't want to investigate my cis heteronormative, you know, whatever. Um, I was like, you know, that to me is like cultish language, you know, where it's like this, this doctrine must be accepted. And to ask is proof, first of all, first of all, that the injustice is happening, that you're questioning, you know, what is Ibram X. Kennedy's. Always saying the heartbeat of racism is denial. Yep. So yep. so it's this, this. Proving that he casketop. himself
0: is one of the most uh, abhorrent racists on the planet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that literally. Yeah. By, yes. his, by his own worldview. Mm-hmm. The man exactly. himself is one of the most unrepentant racists. And that's an, a
1: really important point is you have to hold them to the standards that they're holding to you. And then when you hold them to those standards, that's when you start to realize, like, wait a minute, this isn't actually about a good faith dialogue because I just applied your standard to you, but now you're, it's, there's, it's asymmetrical.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we'll put a, we'll put a pin into that, and then for, for the people who watch this show and know me, they, they've probably heard this, but just to, uh, you know, for those, for you guys who haven't heard it, when my experience, my first experience with critical race theory, uh, intersectionality during Occupy was, if I agreed with them, they would, cl- they would recognize my mixed heritage. If I disagree with them, they would accuse me of being a wealthy white male. Mm-hmm. Clearly, uh, none of that was true, but yeah. it was just, if you disagree with us, you're a white man. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, my mom is actually, and I'm from the South Side. I'm poor, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. So just depending, even though on, none
1: of your ideas changed, It's just like now they've reframed. They, they. Yeah.
0: I, I was told explicitly that I, you know, needed to reconsider my opinions as a white man. And then when I explained, actually, I'm a high school dropout from the South Side of Chicago, and I'm from a mixed race family. Then all of a sudden, these white liberals went, oh, mm-hmm. oh, now I see what you're saying. Like legit. All of a sudden, now it's like, oh, I'm like. The most disrespectful and insane thing I ever experienced. I was like, "What you, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have an actual argument?" Well, it's
1: reductive, and I, that's the dehumanizing part. Is it's, it's reductive for the person who's on the receiving end of that, you know, to literally be told you cannot speak on this topic because you are X, Y, Z.
4: Like so, you just
1: don't even get a seat at the table. But then it's I think it's dehumanizing for the person who is holding the view. And so, equally, equally, like I'm concerned about um, the people who are being treated this way. And, you know, having their, their lives ruined because they're being canceled or whatever, they're, they're going to lose their job, they're going to be smeared in, you know, in all the newspapers, and their, and their, you know, reputation is in shambles at the end of it. Um, and I'm, I'm concerned for them, but I'm also concerned for the people who have bought into it, because it's it's really a dangerous way to look at other human beings.
0: So after you start noticing this, this is critical gender theory stuff popping up. Yeah. Y- it, you, you mentioned that they realized it wasn't working, so they mm-hmm. changed their tactic or whatever. Well, just like so, so walk us through. What's the, what's the next thing that happens?
1: Well, actually, I really appreciate how you defined terms for us at the beginning and read that definition of critical theory. That's super helpful. Um, and that's kind of the next tack we took was like, okay, it seems like we're talking two different languages. Like we're saying, no, we're, we're, we're doing justice. Like that's why we started this organization. It's about justice. It's about, you know, disparities in mental health care that, you know, most of the world that needs mental health care doesn't have the resources they need. That's why this organization exists. Um, and you're telling us that we're not doing justice. So I think we need to define some terms, you know, and so we really started there, um, I can't remember which the first one was that I did, but I just started cranking out organizational position papers that essentially defined terms. Um and, and we we at that point we had entered into like a formal um series of I don't know a better word for it than struggle sessions. It was these all org meetings with the board chair present, sometimes a third party mediator present. Trying to just even figure out, like, what, what is needed, where is the harm, you know, cause there was all these accusations of this organization is causing harm, there is harm, but it was always in that kind of passive voice, you know, like, it wasn't ever like, you harmed me when you said this. It this was, was always, there generality. is harm, there is harm. Um, and so, we were like, okay, first thing we need to define is psychological safety. What does it mean? Cause that, that term is being thrown around, you know, like, psychological safety has been violated. Um, I can't even trust, you know, I can't have a conversation with you with your ideas or or whatever the things you've said. And it's like, okay, fine. Let's look up what psychological safety actually is and define it. And we defined it based on um, the coddling of the American mind. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but um, Jonathan Haidt, Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukinoff And um, so they really go into like the psychology behind what's sort of happening on university campuses right now. And now has, you know, like overflowed into the whole culture. Um, and so I used a lot of the material from that book. And then um, Amy Edmondson is a professor at Harvard Business School who coined the term psychological safety. And I used a lot of her research. And then I used some trauma-informed models of, of psychological safety, which is, you know, we do trauma work. So um, very much all in alignment with each other. So you've got this like business school perspective. You've got these guys who wrote this book about the phenomenon in college campuses. And you've got um, these trauma-informed groups that basically teach about how to be safe when you're working with trauma survivors because so it's like a whole other level of safety right um, and essentially what we saw is while these people were trying where they were trying to be helpful to people who have been hurt you know it's like yes there's racism yes there is you know discrimination against people with different identities so totally agree but what you're doing when you say like you, like you said, this you, if you don't speak, you know, this thing into the space, this person's going to be erased. Is like you're essentially saying that person has no agency. They're the biggest wimp on the planet. That if people don't, like, validate them at every moment and affirm them and clap for them and, and do whatever they say, they're going to fall apart and dissolve. Have,
0: have you seen the DSA meetings, the viral videos? No. So this is the Democratic Socialists of America. These are a series of viral videos where... It, I, I wasn't there. I can't tell you what the whole several hours looked like. But in a span of a few minutes, every time someone spoke, they offended someone. And so. Someone, oh,
1: this is an old video. I've seen this. Yeah, a couple of yes, years. It was the like per, a year Point too. of personal privilege. People. And the one
0: guy says, <laughs> yeah. guys, please. The chattering is giving me anxiety. Right. And then someone goes, don't say guys. And, and, exactly. And i sorry. Yeah. So,
1: so. That's an extreme version of what I mean. Right. The, yeah. But um, it's, it's what but happens when you yeah. take
0: all of those people and put them in the same room together
1: well yes it's what yeah exactly when it when your sense of self is dependent on others validating you and other others accommodating you i think narcissism is a great word for it entitlement is another great word for it and it's counterintuitive because it's like yeah if a person's been hurt a lot um there is a sense of like we need to take care and we don't want to you know make them feel unsafe but also it's like counterintuitive in that this person probably actually needs to be pushed out of their comfort zone you know well, so, so
0: so you're having these company struggle sessions mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't sound to me like they like these people actually wanted to help anyone it sounded like they just wanted to have power and, and bully
1: oh, i wouldn't characterize them that way they no. did they're like the they're definitely geared towards helping people but again it's the strategies versus values Like they, they really, because I think, I mean, you have to applaud them for living in integrity with the moral framework that they've adopted. Like they, they truly believe like this is how social justice is done. And so they're carrying it out according to that, that conception of reality, that Marxian framework that you just read about where it says this constant, like, so, so somebody's in power and the person who's marginalized or disenfranchised, they have no say in the conversation. So all the norms are just established by discourse. There's nothing, nothing actually objective. See, that's, that's the real shift is it's yeah. not these, these, these social categories of race and biological sex and gender identity and all these things. Those are really weapons towards what is actually under assault, which is objective truth, yes. which is why this whole moral panic, you know, that took place over the last whatever period of time are, um, I, I kind of think of it as an epistemological panic. It's like, it really, it really disoriented people in terms of how they know. How they can know whether something is helpful and true and just. And then, and then their methods of getting to how they know what they know also were under assault because science itself is under assault as as a way to know.
0: If you, if, if, you know, you understand their view that there is, you know, it's all about power dynamics, Mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the ideology, the underlying moral framework held by critical theorists, and the expanding umbrella is there is no truth but power. That's, that's a core function of their belief. It's, it, it was one of the core tenets of, of fascists. Right. So they're not ultra nationalists, but they hold that authoritarian worldview, which is why it may be true that there are individuals who think they're helping by doing it. Yes. But certainly it is, it, these are organizations and these are, uh, you know, corporations that are exploiting it for wealth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they're, they're different, you know, varying degrees to which people understand what they're involved with, right? I think there are certainly people who understand that this is a tool that can be used to radically transform our system of government and consolidate power and then like i said there are like the foot soldiers who are just doing what they're supposed to do within their moral framework who really think that they're helping people they really see this as like oh my goodness it's the critical consciousness right that's the word that's used that that's where the word woke comes from is that your consciousness has finally been awakened to the reality of power and oppression these structures of power and oppression that are everywhere and you just didn't see them before so there, it's like their mandate now. I mean, it's this conversion language, right? It's like I was blind, but now I see. And so it's like it's so I see this thing now, and these these poor white straight cis het whatever people, they don't see how they're oppressing. And so if I if I care about the people who are being oppressed, I have to help them understand how they're part of the oppression.
0: Just like when I hear from. Christians who say, I don't want you to go to hell, so I have to tell
3: you exactly. and teach you. It's exactly.
1: It's like, if that's my moral framework, I don't love you if I'm like, I think you're going to hell, but I don't care. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
3: you know so, some issues I'm having with it is, as you said, Ibram X. Kennedy said that denying r- racism or Kennedy, 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 yeah, uh, that one of the ten aspects of racism is denying racism. But questioning something is not denying something. Mm-hmm. That's very important to right. understand. And also, questioning critical theory, for people to have an issue with that seems counterintuitive because the whole point of critical theory is to question power structures. it is. So it itself should be questioned.
0: That's why I I don't say, you know, I I hear, you'll you'll hear from people like Christopher Ruffo, it's critical race theory. Well, that completely excludes critical gender theory. And that... Just excludes everything which is underneath the umbrella of critical well, theory. Well, he, he is
1: focusing specifically on critical race theory, right? That that's his mission. So yes, but the the terms are really sloppy. Like you'll hear people refer broadly to critical race theory when they mean critical theory, um, and that's part of the problem. But it's like I think that's just the the nature of when a social philosophy or a critical theory makes it into the mainstream and it really just becomes more about the phraseology the more than the philosophy so people know the jargon and they know what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to support and what you're not supposed to support they don't know the philosophy behind it
0: I think it's another big mistake because I've seen that I'm seeing that it's it is is it is a huge failure of the anti-woke to embrace critical theory as their target because now what we see are the the woke left saying okay name a critical theorist and give me the idea that you have a problem with and then what happens is they pull up specific quotes from like Ben Shapiro where he'll read one quote and say, well, they actually, they actually I, I agree with that one. The issue is that critical theory isn't as a whole the real problem we're experiencing. What we're experiencing is the fascistic ideology, there is no truth but power, mm-hmm. which in many ways is rooted in critical theorists and, mm-hmm. and Frankfurt School, etc. But it's, it's it's well beyond any particular identity group, race yeah. or, or, oh, yeah. or, or gender. It is just a group of people who will claim harm in any way, and exploit the system in any way. And right now they found an attack vector. We, as a society, don't like racism. We don't like bigotry. We don't like discrimination. They attack that by saying, you're being racist. When you try and then ask them what that means, they'll give you a different definition each time. Mm -hmm. Because it's not critical race theory. Mm -hmm. It is just an authoritarian authoritarian fascistic tactic towards gaining power.
1: Yeah. And it's incoherent and it's a double standard, but they are acting according to the theory, which says everything is socially constructed. So you can continue to reinterpret. It's reinterpretations of reinterpretations of reinterpretations because there's nothing ultimately real. It's postmodernism. It's postmodern. It's postmodern philosophy put into like a management theory for how to keep people in line.
0: It, it seems to me like it's it's what happens when you have no moral framework. I suppose there is one. There is no truth but power. I think one, one of the things I've often talked about is the difference between the two factions in the culture war. There's a lot of different definitions you'll get. People will say libertarian versus authoritarian, globalist versus nationalist, left versus right, whatever. I think one uh, uh, core separation may be Judeo-Christian moral framework versus absence of moral framework, just power dynamics. And so uh, the example I give is Bill Maher, for instance, often talks about how you don't need religion to be moral. However, he believes in many classically liberal principles which are founded in Judeo-Christian uh, moral framework. For instance, the example I often give, you know, ad nauseum to the audience who knows this already is uh, um, the Fifth Amendment, a right to a speedy trial, innocent until proven guilty, the right to remain silent. The core of uh, innocent until proven guilty is Blackstone's formulation. Which was inspired by the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, literally out of the Bible. So, mm-hmm. you take away these moral frameworks. Bill Maher, who was raised in a Judeo-Christian society, who understood these things, but without the religion, doesn't understand how that framework changes, uh, how, how that how that you know forms society and what that means in terms of justice. Mm-hmm. You now have an entirely new, purely secular religion, or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, non-theistic religion with no core moral framework other than the writings of critical theory and a bunch of other, I mean, there's there's other non-critical theorists who are included in their, in, in their citations often. And the ideas they have is just get power by any means necessary, mm-hmm. period.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a great point, talking about the framework that's being replaced, because I've also heard as, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what do we do about this woke movement, what do we do? Um, is just sort of like, just get rid of it. And I'm like, that's not enough. You, you need, you need a positive moral vision to replace the moral vision that has become embraced by many people because I, I do agree that it has religious connotations. It's a way of, of understanding yourself in relationship to the world and then acting out of what you believe in a morally integ- integrated way. And that, that's the definition of religion. And right. so it's like, OK, so you can just say, let's just get rid of of all these, you know, critical social justice people and the woke movement. And that, that'll be good. It's like, no, because there, there's clearly like a hunger here for something power, power. Yes. I but mean, but belonging
2: yeah. and purpose. having having
1: a moral purpose yes. that you can attach to clear aims. So like that kind of teleological argument that is like there's something that we're aiming for, that society is aiming for, that each human being is made for. Um, and so all of that is 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 providing people with meaning and you see like very religious kind of activity coming out of this you know ritual and confession and conversion yep. kind of i mean so it's like you can't just replace that with nothing
0: so let's 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 we'll, we'll go back to uh, your company so you were having these struggle sessions you decided to define these definitions uh what happened next
5: Plus.
1: Do you want to share anything? I'm enjoying I'm some, en- some, <laughs> some <laughs> conversation
4: from A her. breakthrough
1: flew through the Curtis window? The, or? Happy, the happy philosopher over there. Um,
4: Not, did you I want can, to Well, yeah. I can step in just mm-hmm. to say again that I, I want to, again, dialogue. I appreciate being here with you guys because having rich dialogue where there's no victim-villain narratives, where you're honestly seeking the truth because we're on the same team, the human team, um, I'd love to just point out in as we describe this just again that I love these people they're intelligent They are caring. They're living consistently with their convictions and that's exactly how I want people to live And so the process for us went from when we started when we had to push pause and say hey, okay, you know in terms of gender pronouns like can't we find a way in which everybody not have have to violate their conscience and be able to be here together um, and the guidelines and the way in which we handle that would allow everybody to show up and learn and take advantage of that. So, um, so in terms of, of when we did hit pause and then entering into those sessions, I mean, that we, we were trying to define terms. We were trying to not just miss each other, um, same words, different dictionary, um, defining words. And then also we started to define the process and we, look for tools. So, um, one tool that's great, which actually we, we haven't had a chance to, uh, to properly embrace you guys mm-hmm. in the Aloha spirit and give you some, some swag from, uh, our organization but I tucked a book in there that was really helpful for us. Um, uh, our board chair who actually does professional conflict mediation. Um, he suggested a book called, uh, crucial conversations. And so defining, uh, what is dialogue? Um, how do we actually, uh, have conversations together where you're you can be communicating the same definitions of terms and you can hear each other and um and and actually it's kind of fun because uh they use the term that what you're doing in good dialogue is that you're filling the pool of, uh, con- the, the common understanding. You want a deep pool of, of being informed. So you're trying to make it a place where some people aren't just being a fire hydrant and just like mm-hmm. overrunning the conversation and then other people are like shut off and not contributing to it. Mm-hmm. You want everybody to relax and be able to contribute so that you've got a deep shared pool of meaning. Um, for you then to make informed decisions around. So, so that's where we were trying to go to was just, yeah, we basically define... said we
1: need to do it. We need to do this. The com, the communication hasn't been healthy because there are these narratives forming that like we're these oppressive people or somebody is oppressing and causing harm. And there hasn't ever actually been a, a concrete accusation of harm. So that's not psychologically safe because right. then the person who's being accused is like, Oh, how do I rectify it? I don't know what I did. And you're, there's nothing concrete you know, you're not mm-hmm. telling me what I did. So how what's can I, act, how can what's I apologize about
4: that? Yeah. Right. Besides everybody being laden with the sense of like, I'm sorry, you're feeling hurt and I mm-hmm. don't even know what I did. Like, so that, that's something in terms of defining psychological safety and where not only the same definition of the term, but also processes where I love it that, you know, just having a term like a, a crucial conversation where emotions run high, where there's high stakes, it means something. Um, it was very helpful for us to just say hey we want that to become the norm in our culture like mm-hmm. at the organization that um when when there is something that matters you're not going to hide that and have sideline conversations with other people um if it's you know rel- related to somebody then they get to take part in that conversation um and then it also set up a, a process a framework by which um you knew that if somebody approached you and said that i, I need to have a crucial conversation there's you know that I think in the Chinese character for um, crisis is it's danger and opportunity. And I think that applies in terms of these crucial conversations where it's like, there's danger that something is at issue here, but there's an opportunity to deal with it as opposed to um, what was happening was there was a lot of conflict that was never brought to the surface. And then that wasn't able to be dealt with in a healthy way. So, um, so those sessions were about us trying to, I, adopt tools that will allow us to have this conversation properly um and we did continue to dialogue things you know people didn't leave immediately we we got a chance to actually hear from everybody and fill that shared pool and then what i think brings us back to this conversation about critical theory and whatever we want to call what's going on right now um, that is that people started to leave the dialogue and and that was the question in terms of if it wasn't. So you, you wore them out. <laughs> they couldn't handle it. They weren't gaining ground, and they're like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> to some degree, but but it was. I mean, yeah, the experience that I had that was just you know disappointing was it I, in sticking to principles, I, until you can point out something that we actually concretely can change, um, then to me we haven't done the work together, um, and there were.
0: So they they never said here's what I want you to do.
1: No, they did.
0: You did. Yeah.
1: Um, no, there were there were a lot of different points where you know open letters were written, for instance, with demands in them. Like um, so what were some of the demands? Um, just all the stuff that you're hearing at all the companies, like we need to we need to be more aware of diversity. Maybe we need some outside training. We need to be aware of other perspectives. We need to um, we need You know certain kinds of diversity on the governing board This that and the other and so it's like all of these things Are great like we we can you know None of this is something we're opposed to But it's the manner in which you're approaching us As completely unprofessional and inappropriate That you would you would go and like write this letter And then like present it at a board meeting Like kind of guerrilla warfare Style or something it's just like this is Not
0: (laughs) but so this is this is why I I I think you know It's clearly bad faith Mm -hmm. in, in my Opinion from what I'm hearing especially and it was an attempt to subvert and steal power. And so the, the tactics they use are meant to maximize damage to you while minimizing risk to themselves. The, the the general idea is they can cause you more harm by publicly just slapping you in the face without warning, putting you on the spot where you're forced to say, oh, you, we're okay, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they end, they go to you in private or with an email, then you can easily push back with minimum risk to yourself. Mm-hmm. So they uh, presenting you an open letter at a meeting, yeah, common tactic. Showing up with a protest, I don't, uh, I don't know if you guys experience any like hard protests, but it's one one of the things they'll do, because then these these corporations are on the spot right now. Will you say yes or no? Do it or don't. Mm-hmm. And the corporations panic and say, okay, you win.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because who wants to be the target of the next, you know, big thing <laughs> in the media? But you resisted.
0: <laughs> you didn't give in to the demands? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, we had the advantages of being the co-founders of the organization and so having some authority um, instead of just maybe an employee who's seeing all of this happening. And like, I don't want to be part of this, but if I speak up, I'll lose my job. Um, and also just being, you know, a scrappier grassroots nonprofit organization. We're not in the spotlight necessarily of, of you know, we have a lot of work that we're doing around the world. But um, I just think that we, it was worth it to us to really like lean into that conversation and try to understand the ideas and be really principled about our, our pushback to those ideas. And we, while it was really draining organizationally, like we, we spent a lot of time on that process that could have been going towards the work that we're organized to do. Um, it was, it was worth it to, to be able to, in a principled way, say we're not going to do these things, and here's why.
0: That's that's another. Uh, that's essentially the tactic. Mm-hmm. They know that you know. For a lot of companies, they might say, how how much money is it going to cost to do all these trainings and keep having these meetings? Oh, is it going to cost a hundred grand. How much is going to cost to just give them what they want? 20 Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just hire somebody. Just mm-hmm. hire the diversity person. Whatever. Right. And then we're done with this, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a
4: mistake. Short sight. Because
0: then you're never done with it, and the long term effect is that now you live under it.
1: Yes. Yeah. The appeasing strategy and doesn't work.
4: And for me, it's again, I love these people and over a number of years, I, I don't think, even in talking with them, when we started to identify some of the language and we've asked them explicitly, do you, like, it seems like you might be adhering to some of these philosophies. Is that the case? Um, they denied that. I don't, and I honestly think it was the truth that they, yeah. didn't, they weren't aware of it. There's it something that, that they weren't taught. It was something that formally. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just something that was influencing their thinking. So my hope too wasn't just to try to, you know, Hey, I think that my intuitive sense of this is correct and let's get there as soon as possible. It's like if you t- want to treat people well and, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, I want to have conversations where you can actually look at the ideas and at the end of the day the best ideas would be the ones that influence your policies as an organization. So, it wasn't just to try mm-hmm. to hold out and make it annoying right. because, you know, and yeah. out outlast them. It was really my hope was that people would come to see that, okay, we can have diversity, but we need to unify around what makes sense for the context of our organization. And then mm-hmm. also, again, following the, the logic of, you know, in terms of that one specific topic, c- can't there be a way in which somebody doesn't have to compromise their conscience and everybody can be in an educational space together?
0: Interesting because, you know, it feels like a, a, a Chinese finger trap, right? That most people's instinct would be to try and pull their fingers out as hard as possible. And you guys seem to have, like, leaned in and really made them explain themselves, and it got to a point where they just couldn't effectively do it. You know, they talk about harm, but people are probably sitting around saying, I'm so sorry. Tell us about your harm, and then they can't.
4: I met with every single one of them individually for as much time as they wanted to take because I genuinely cared. I don't mm-hmm. want to harm people, and I, you know, and, and- – yeah. I'm sure that they had an experience. That's the thing in trauma, too, that like it's not necessarily about the experience, it's about the meaning that you make of it, that that it has an impact on you. So it's even if it's something where it's like, OK, there's no policy or anything that I can necessarily fix or adjust. I still just wanted to hear them out because they had, it was the experience they had is real and I care about them. But, yes, we did have, um, you know, the way that things went where we stick stuck to the ideas Um, And then over time, too, more came out. So, you know, when George Floyd happened, then that was another big blow up moment Mm -hmm. of people wanting to hashtag certain things and to advocate and to do things that were just out of the scope of what we considered within our mission. We don't make meaning about individuals trauma and we don't make meaning about societal trauma at large. Um, We show up and say, hey, we've got rigorously built tools to help people get through things, but we're not going to make meaning about what you're getting through. That's just out of our lane. We're not um, therapists. Yeah. And so anyways, there was some more, you know, just kind of dissatisfaction around that we weren't being more proactive of, about, about that in terms of either advocating using our social media um, or in terms of doing that work internally as an organization. Um, and so that was part of the story was was that um, it at that point, then people started to, and I think this is kind of, you know, moving us forward in the conversation, at a certain point, people were not interested in staying in the dialogue they weren't interested in looking at the best research that we could find Mm -hmm. around how to actually you know evaluate our policies and it got to a point where people decided to step away and what was unfortunate and i think is also reflective of the cultural moment we're in is that too often it switches from the ideas that you have being bad to you being bad Mm -hmm. and and uh, you know and i everybody's an individual and um, people, when those that did leave the organization all left in their own, you know, way and experience. But we were called some names, mm-hmm. and yeah. and our, it wasn't our ideas that were ultimately, um, you know, the most uh, italicized um, comments. So it sounds like,
0: though, you're just on the other side of the culture war now. You could you could choose to agree with the woke people who are constantly pressuring you. But it, it sounds like you rejected it, and now you're having a conversation with those who are rejecting, you know, critical theory and, and the wokeness and all that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, in thinking about why that Twitter thread that I posted ended up, you know, going as widely as it did and, and bringing a bunch of attention, attention to me, it was that it was just, I mean, I, I was sad, honestly. It was like, this should not be rare, you know, but I, I yeah. understand why it is because the pressure is so great. And people don't want to see their, their organization, you know, sued, ruined, whatever, their reputation ruined. And so, like you said, they'll appease, you know, like, okay, yeah, let's do the training. It's no big deal. Let's just do the training. But what they don't realize and like what to his point about, um, may the best idea win. Sure. Let's engage in dialogue. Let's talk about your idea. Let's talk about my idea and may the best idea win. That, that is gone because there is no, um, there's no more of this idea of, of antithesis, right? Which is how philosophy was done forever, like from Aquinas up until Hegel, was like, hey I have an idea, I like this idea then the next guy comes along is like, no, I have an idea, this is this is how we understand knowledge this is how we have a unified field of knowledge and he bumps that up against the last guy's idea and they're like, okay, this idea wins and on and on and on until Hegel where Hegel says, no, no we we this rationalistic philosophy project has failed like, we are never going to find a unified field of knowledge, so now the best way forward is to Take your thesis, your antithesis, and combine them into a synthesis. But what he did in that is he didn't just change he didn't just go from that dude's philosophy to this dude's philosophy, he changed the whole rules of the game of philosophy, which was he established a whole new kind of epistemology, basically saying, well, there isn't really an objective field of knowledge that we can ever find, so let's just do the best that we can to move things forward. So it wasn't like, you know, where you have an idea and I have an idea, one of us is closer to the truth. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try to align with truth, not just like move the ratchet forward you know um and he so he changed that uh, understanding of epistemology he also changed the methodology by which we arrive at the right solutions so it's no longer like we're going to try our best to align ourselves with what's objectively real
0: i had a conversation a long time ago with someone during the Occupy wall street era who is a far left antifa ultra woke
5: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Very intelligent, totally educated in philosophy, who completely agreed with me on everything. With one core difference. She told me it's fun to watch the world burn. Mm -hmm. So while there are probably the grunts, the peons, the foot soldiers of you know, critical theory who just abide by the tenets that they've been, you know, that, that have been espoused. It seems like there is some truth in, this, in the idea of being woke, of truly understanding the nature of humans and the, phil- the philosophy of there is no truth but power. Because it seems like, well, they're, they're actually in a sense correct. Of course, there's objective truth, but they know that people will absolutely give up any notion of truth for comforting lies and or personal benefit. And that's what they exploit. In which case, I have this conversation with an individual, and we talk about g- general philosophy, uh, morals, nihilism, solipsism, etc., mm-hmm. and what a person can know and what a person can do and why we do it, and we bol- we ultimately come to this conclusion that in the end, we're just kind of being hopeful that what we're doing is the right thing because we only know so much, right? What, what is what is saying truism is knowing that you know nothing, mm-hmm. and so my my response was, in which case, I'll seek to do the most good. Uh, I want people to feel better, to, to flourish, to live long, healthy lives, to be happy with their families, to be protected, safe, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that means sometimes there's harsh realities like personal responsibility. You have to work hard and it might not be easy. And she said, no, I just want to watch it all get screwed up and burn. Mm-hmm. It's fun. There's no point. If there's no point, there's no end. And everyone just chooses what they want to believe anyway. Then let's have some fun with it. And this person's extremely active today in right. far-left politics, yeah. writing books and, and holding rallies. And, and I know when I see this person, their true intent is, I want people to smash and burn because at least life isn't boring them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, again, she's acting in integrity with what she has decided is the, the moral framework of the universe. So it's like after Hegel, and one of my favorite philosophers, Francis Schaeffer, calls Hegel the line of despair. So it's like at, at Hegel philosophy changed and people gave up the project of understanding truth objectively. And it changed to kind of coping with this reality that the universe is absurd mm. and that there is no meaning attached to our morality. There's no meaning attached to our language. There's no meaning attached to anything we do really sad. So yeah, it's very sad. I mean, it ends in nihilism and despair. It has to, because once you remove meaning, you remove hope. It's like, what's the point? Cause like one of the John Paul Sartre, for instance, like not, too long after hegel was like this is where the this is where the trajectory naturally goes right he his whole thing was we can't really ever know what's what's true what's real and if we experience something true and real we wouldn't even be able to communicate it to someone else or even to ourselves therefore the only way to like authenticate your existence is by an action of the will but it's still completely disconnected from meaning and so um francis schaefer in this book that i was reading recently used the example of you're driving down the street in the rain and you see somebody standing with an umbrella. You stop and you pick them up and you give them a ride and you go on. And that was an act of the will that, that authenticated your existence, but an equal act of the will that would authenticate your existence is you're driving in the rain. You see somebody with an umbrella and you run them over equally authenticating. So who cares? You know, it's just like, and you're like, okay, if that's, that's where we've arrived is like that there's nothing, we can't attach meaning to, to morality. We can't attach meaning to our words. Um, then yeah, why not? Like, so how, how do you, like, say, I should do these things? You know, cause those are kind of shoulds, right? I should, I want to be good. I want to help. I want to, you know.
0: I have a u- unique moral framework built based around, um, entropy, negative entropy and creation and protection. So I wonder, you know, a lot of people believe that a society can't function without a religion. Obviously, many people who are Christian or Jewish. Believe that the United States needs to main, needs to maintain these these Judeo Christian uh, moral this, this Judeo Christian moral framework. I agree with them to a great extent, but you know we we've seen a society based heavily in the moral foundations of religion. And if we went back a hundred years, we'd not be happy with that. There was a period where it weakened to a point where we had a lot more liberty than we'd ever had. In the past, I mean, I, I brought this up recently. Constitutional carry of the Second Amendment is, is, is expanding across the country only the past 10 years. In the 80s, we had a Second Amendment, but you had less gun rights. Free speech as we know it didn't actually get solidified until, I think, until like 1961. Because we had that ruling in, was it Brandenburg v. Ohio or whatever, which finally gave us true free speech as we know it? And there are still restrictions on our speech. So, it's interesting to me when I think about this that there are many people that they say red-pilled. Mm-hmm. And red-pilled is very much the, all, the other side of, of being woke. woke. It means o- essentially the same thing. Yep. But if you look at the average woke person and the average red-pilled person, they actually aren't awakened to much of anything. They're just aligned with a political tribe. As you move up higher in the hierarchy, I suppose, you'll find more and more enlightenment. My personal view of the, the politics right now from the high-profile political actors is that on both sides you have a lot of high-profile dumb people who don't really know what they're talking about, don't know anything about existence philosophy, or they can't self-reflect, if probably don't meditate. But then I think there's a lot of people who actually are truly awakened to something. So not necessarily woke or red-pilled, but conscious of philosophy. I do, however, think those that find themselves on the anti-woke side when understanding philosophy are good, and generally speaking, those on the woke side are generally bad. And the reason for this is that when when I start, I was we had a, we had a really great uh, discussion about religion several times. Actually, we we always do these bonus segments. And they go for a really long time. We talk about philosophy and religion. I was talking about my moral foundations and and you know why I choose to do the things that I do, and it stemmed very simply in what life does, and what life does is organize free energy into more complex systems. The universe as we think we know it today, assuming we're correct, we're probably wrong and it will probably change in the future, is that we are looking at the the blip just after the Big Bang. And the true state of the universe is the heat death of the universe, where there's just absolutely nothing. Every electron evenly spaced so far away that they can never interact ever again. We're in this period where entropy rules the day and, and the universe is slowly dying out and spreading out. And so in the meantime, there is some unique organization that is not a singularity that creates some kind of interesting things. Free energy organizes itself into molecules, uh, elements, eventually single-celled life forms. Well, actually, first self-replicating proteins, then single-celled life forms, then multicellular life forms. Then multicellular life forms grow to a point where they start interacting with each other, creating ecosystems. The one thing that we can truly see life do is organize, create, or I shouldn't say create in the, in the, in the physical sense. They're not making things. They're organizing and giving structure to things. The woke are the opposite. They're deconstructivists. They want to take ideas and rip them apart. They want to smash windows. They want to go into organizations and break them apart. I want to build things and make them better. Get rid of the parts that are vestigial or broken and slowly improve upon society to the point where maybe we'll have a Star Trek-like future where we're in a spaceship and we can travel the stars and have replicators and people are much more happy and continue the process of organizing the universe as it were. Mm-hmm. woke tends to be a disorganizational and chaotic force mm-hmm. that is a force of entropy of course a law of the universe and the dominant one which is a bit pe- a bitch uh, it is a bit oh now youtube's gonna claim my sword it is a bit uh depressing <laughs> mm-hmm. but when i look at that conversation i had with that uh, woke activist who understood much of these ideas they chose to be chaos and destruction
5: mm-hmm.
0: i chose to be creation and order mm-hmm. i view creation and order as good for very simple reasons, like I mentioned, we see life do this, but also who wants to die? And some people do for some reason, like their body is breaking down, the organization of their form no longer functions, and they're in pain or they're suffering or something is wrong. But most people and almost all life, one of the core aspects of life is the desire and the will to fight to live.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: when I see a chaotic, destructive force breaking things, I see that as inherently bad because mm-hmm. it defies the function of what life does. Right. Not necessarily a uh, not at all. I think a, a Christian framework, any capacity, but certainly much more in alignment with with the structure of order, creation, and protection.
3: Sometimes you need destruction because too much creation can lead to cancer. Too many cells producing, so you need cells to apoptosis and destroy themselves. Sometimes you need like neutral, not not creation or destruction, but a balance where the cell is just in in not stagnation, but in in synthesis or in. So there is like a neutral aspect to. to reality I think that we're, we're missing. I
0: think the, it's by design too. You could you could theoretically argue that uh, the critical theorists, the woke, are actually an extremely harsh version of order where I recognize sometimes destruction is, is, is necessary if it serves the greater, you know, the greater creation. Unfortunately it is as we believe it now, in order for there to be negative entropy there has to be greater entropy created along along the way. However, if you look at the woke and you look at authoritarianism, eventually they are so rigid. It's like creating a giant tower that goes up in a straight vertical line. It collapses. So in the short term, you may say, if the woke had their way, they would create a rigid power structure, which is very orderly. Those who take the power are in charge and they can control systems that way. Obviously, the communists in, in the Soviet Union had structure they had order, but it was so rigid and it was so straight up that eventually you knock out one one you know one block and the whole thing falls down. So you need a robust structure. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I view woke, left, communist, socialist, et cetera, in the long term as a destructive path. It's like watching someone build a bridge to nowhere where eventually it just crumbles and falls to the ground mm-hmm. and it's destruction. And they're actively fighting against us who are trying to build, improve, and.
3: So they're creating a system that's susceptible to destruction because it's brittle from its uh, extension.
0: But it does destroy. It, as a result, they, they, like a falling
3: bridge will destroy that which it lands upon.
0: Sure. They also are actively stripping organizations and structures to build their broken system, which is why I view it more like an uh, – what's the right way to put it? There there are people who are taking resources and building something nonsensical that will eventually destroy the system.
2: Parasitic. Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever. Call it what you want.
2: I, we'll- I think that Jordan Peterson has definitely spoken to this because he talks about the negative ramifications of having too much order and the negative ramifications of having too much chaos. So when you get to the level of authoritarianism, you have too much order. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the level of postmodernism, when you can't even agree on the definition of the word that you're using to discuss these ideas, mm-hmm. that is too much chaos. Yes. So as far fire. as I'm concerned, what, fire? Yeah, it's fire. Oh, how's so? that?
0: It's fire. It's consuming resources and converting oh, okay. them into... okay, okay. So not into...
2: parasitic. It's like burning. Okay, but yeah, so it, like these ideas are so disorganized and unstructured. This is the negative manif- manifestation of chaos mm-hmm. and the negative manifestation of order mm-hmm. in both wrapped yeah. into this nice little package of wokeness, this critical theory. And I'm not sure what their end goal is here, but I think
3: hear me out about this theory. Let me know what you think. I think that religion and god worked for a long time but now it's to the point where it doesn't make sense to a lot of people it's hard to measure we can't really measure it so people are looking for a a unifying theory i think collective consciousness is real but we don't have the tools to measure it yet by design because we're still in the age of combustion so these people that have kept us on copper and oil have inadvertently disallowed us to measure like femtosecond vibrations of plasma fields so we can't see our magnetic fields interacting we don't have the tools to measure it yet
0: how do you know about that
3: um well if you study like some research yeah you can study like vibrations of of surface plasmon, and you can see light interacting with plasma and like that seems like consciousness no one's stopping you yeah but it's not mainstream and that's a problem because it could have been in the 30s when tesla was working on it but the the oil companies and the copper your, they your, wanted to suppress your, that this stuff for this is
0: that you're blaming someone else for what you should be doing i
3: think the it, the, in, the the unexpected result is this uprising of a new religion because we've suppressed what is actually real
0: i i disagree um, I don't know what's actually real other than what we think we know as humans. I love this, this story about what humans used to think the brain was made of based on the current science at the time, like steam pressure. Now we believe brains are more like computers because we've invented computers. Maybe we're getting closer. Maybe we're not. Maybe eventually we'll think it's magnetic plasma or something. But <laughs> what, what, we're, we're seeing the rise of a religion because they were raised without that religion. They were raised mm-hmm. without that moral framework, and they're actively being converted. I look at, you know, I think maybe a really good way to explain it is a, is a, is a, a, a prion disease or prion, however you pronounce it. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with what that mm-hmm. is? Prion, yeah. Yeah, prion disease. So basically, we have a structure of self-replicating proteins that is our system. And woke are malformed proteins that when they come into contact with healthy proteins, malform them. These proteins can't work in the body and eventually lead to the body's dis death and destruction. So uh, I think, what was it? Mad cow disease? Was that a, a, a yeah, brain disease? Yep. Mm-hmm. Eventually, your brain stops, stops working and then you die because mm-hmm. the proteins aren't connecting anymore properly. So mm-hmm.
4: malfunction. Let's get to that. What is malfunctioning? Because I, I mean, that's something in terms of getting back to Hegel and just is there objective truth or not? Mm-hmm. And for people to be making objective truth statements that... It's contradictory for you to say there there's no such thing as as absolutes, but that in, in and of itself is an absolute statement. Right. So I think that again we find ourselves. You know, I like the movie As a Surfer, 180 Degrees South, where the, the Patagonia founders that are into surfing and climbing and all that. They at one point in the movie say that you know you want to be progressive. Well, at some point, if you're going in the wrong way, it's progressive to turn around and go 180 degrees the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of our ability as a civilization, I like how Oz Guinness calls we're living in a cut flower society where we're enjoying so much of the fruits of Western civilization and a lot of ideas that come from Athens, that come from Greece. People for thousands of years have been developing ways to reason, you know, empiricism, Mm -hmm. the scientific method. So we see a lot of yard signs in Seattle that say science is real. Okay. What is science and Mm -hmm. what is real science? How do we actually do that? And, And in our case, you know, in terms of, applying uh to all these issues just trying to think clearly and think well um about in our case how do you do mental health work but even these bigger questions of what's true if if um i like to heard one. you were talking about how there was something about where like um i don't know if it was a proton or electron like that's that was orbiting a vacuum um, yeah, yeah yeah so it was uh uh it,
0: it, it was a uh, trapped in uh in a circuit with no nucleus and it exhibited the chemical properties of what it normally would with a single electron in orbit. And when they injected more electrons into it, it exhibited the chemical properties of the appropriate atom with no nucleus.
4: Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, it seems like that's kind of what's going on right now is that, as Grace was saying earlier, that, you know, you can't just remove this particular project without being clear on what you're going to put in its place. And I would just hope that we can just, take a deep breath and look at some of the skills that our brothers and sisters have developed over a long period of time in terms of just doing dialogue better, um, doing science better because that's something we've seen the American psychological Associ- association and others are out of their lane. They're, they're, mm. they're dealing with yeah. things that are philosophical, ontological that are not empirical and that are that's, that's messing things up and we just need some, some honesty and some, mm. some carefulness around the way that we approach things. And I'd love to, you know, Continue conversations around things like, you know, what, what really is at the root of these questions of what is true. But I, I think that, you know, fundamentally we all share the values of wanting to love people. And in our case, we've just seen in in a particular way in which, uh, loving people depends on truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and and that matters, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, you know, a lot of what we see with the woke is comforting lies. Yes. They'll they'll tell you something that'll make you feel good, but will destroy everything. Oh, and maybe maybe it's a it's a lack of uh, uh, I guess foresight, uh, a lack of perspective or vision or understanding. It's it's uh, I'll give you a really simple and uh, physical example, real world example. Someone posted on Facebook earlier about uh, you know gun control. No one's going to take away your guns. Blah, blah 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 blah. And I was like, here's a list of the guns of mine that are already being banned. Like they're already banned in most places. And then they just come out with memes. Like, their, their knowledge is based on memes. They think they're helping, but they're angry. There's no conversation. I can tell you outright. M1A banned Maryland. Why? Well, they already took my gun away. You got You can't have it here in Maryland. There are people who genuinely believe false things and because of that want to build in the wrong direction, which mm-hmm. would ultimately mm-hmm. cause pain and suffering to a lot of people. But when you're arrogant and you just, I guess, egotistical... Maybe a a lack of true philosophical Understanding you're willing to burn Down the entire system for the sake of Claiming you're right it's a a problem humans Have I suppose I I think Mm -hmm.
3: um, a lot of critical Theorists disagree with the scientific Method have issues with it and Something about that that's interesting they call it the scientific Method but it's just one aspect of Science it's you could call it the floorbow method. You could call it, like, dark method or whatever. It's, it's an, a method of measuring something over and over and over again to make sure that it continues to happen, and then you can say, okay, fine, that is real. And if, you, if, if it doesn't happen over and over again, then you say it's not real. But a problem with reality is sometimes things happen, and they don't happen over and over again because they're happening for reasons we don't understand or can't measure. Mm-hmm. And so the scientific method is flawed, and it's, it's saying people are taking issue with that. They just don't have another type of science yet to explain why Someone might be born with male genitalia But feel like well, the gender is, a, is female But, it,
0: but it, 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 it's flawed in the sense that We're imperfect But the fact that you recognize it's flawed And science recognizes its limitations Means it serves its purpose yes. Humility mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: it's epistemic humility It's not arrogance It's not, you may not challenge It's like, please keep challenging
0: It's, it's quite simple It's, um, uh, what's what's the saying? Those who are uh, uh, who are smart are so full of doubt you know, and the ignorant are yes. so sure of themselves, something, that if, something like that. Who wrote that? Was it? I don't where? know. I don't <laughs> know that's that. But yeah. uh, that, that's the issue is that I can simply say when it comes to issues of universal health care versus private health well, I don't, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'd love to look over the data and figure out a plan <laughs> to move forward. But then you end up with zealots who say the answer is clearly one. Done. If you don't want it, you're bad and I will fight you.
2: Mm-hmm. So that was Bertrand Russell. He said the whole ah. problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves and wiser people so full of doubts. Mm. 100%. Like there the you wiser you get, the more you're like, oh, I'm probably not right. Mm-hmm. Call me on this.
0: Yeah, the people, uh, I look at it this way. You've got uh, five doors in front of you. Four of them lead to sweet, sweet freedom. <laughs> One of them leads to a lion cage. Well, I feel the door, give a little knock. Then and finally on door number four. I hear a roar. I'm like, okay, that that's not the, or I'm sorry, it should be four of them lead to lion's cages and one to freedom. And so I just like bang, bang, bang. And then I hear the roar, bang, 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 hear roar. Finally, I bang on one. I hear nothing. I look down, I look under the crack of the door. I see some light and I'm like, I think that one's door to freedom. I don't know for sure, but let's take a peek. I open it. I see sunlight. I say, all right, it's my best guess. Makes sense. I cl- gathered evidence and I moved quickly. And then I bring the people behind me with me to freedom. But too many people are like, I don't care, door number one <laughs> you know, my, my politician said door number one is the right door. And then they open it and the lion jumps out. Then they claim it's your fault. It's it's see the system is broken. There's lions in this room. Well, well you you let the lion in. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So I think what we're getting to, though, is so rationalism has clearly failed. You know, like we can't we can't just with our brains and which our with our senses completely comprehend reality. And then I, I think empiricism also has its limits. Right. Because empiricism can only still observe What exists in the natural realm. And then we have all this other knowledge that is true. That is a part of us. Like the transcendent. Like why do we love what is beautiful? Why do we want what is good? Why do we seek the truth? And all like science doesn't talk about that. So these are like the ultimate things that everyone is answering. And everyone has arrived at. Even if it's just sort of an agnostic. I don't know. No one knows. Like that is still the framework out of which you're operating. And so what I see happening also with this critical social justice movement is that they've actually arrived at a transcendent version of science. They're saying that the, you know, the classic, you know, textbook definition of science didn't isn't good because there's all these other knowledges. And they use that word knowledges plural that we need to be observing. We need we need to be carefully, you know, listening to because those views have been pushed out to the margins. And in a way, I'm like, I think you're right and it's not, it's not that people's individual kind of standpoint epistemology is, is gonna get us to all the answers. You know, that, that's, that's a fallacious way of thinking. But there is the sense in which we need something that also transcends the empirical. Like rationalism enough is not enough. Empiricism is not enough. There's more knowledge that is so true to reality and to our understanding of ourself in reality that the, science doesn't touch.
0: This is why I say I, I don't think that the, the left, the woke are acting in any sense of good faith. I was watching a uh, documentary about air conditioning, and they said that – or I think it was about skyscrapers. We couldn't build above like eight stories because the accumulation of heat as it rose made the upper floors unbearable until we invented uh, window unit air conditioners. Then we put them in the windows, and we could filter the heat out of the building and keep the building cool. Then we could start building higher and higher and higher. And then they mentioned that there were actually ancient tribes that already understood the principle of pulling heat from the bottom and pushing it out the sides so that the upper levels of their structures could be warmer or they could remove the heat from the building to keep the house, keep their huts cooler. And uh, these, these tribes learned how to do it by watching ants. There are ant hills in, I, I think it's in Africa somewhere, where they grow these big towers that pull heat out of the the, the uh, ant colony and then funnel them out in different directions. Understanding that principle by watching nature, these ancient tribes were able to build and utilize it to keep their their you know houses cool. And we, as you know, Eurocentric settlers in the United States, didn't understand that technology. So now we're actually building skyscrapers that follow more of these principles because it's very very energy effective and allows us to build without needing massive amounts of air conditioning. You still got to pump water and air up and stuff like that. So i see that and i say that's true they're, it's very obvious that if we paid a, paid more attention to other cultures developments that's why the actual diversity in the true sense is good this is diversity of worldview that's not what we're getting from the diversity inclusivity and equity crowd yep they're looking for homogeneity they want mm-hmm. everyone to conform to one th- way of thinking mm-hmm. which is anti-objective
1: mm-hmm. no
0: no we're looking for objective truth We have blind spots. Mm -hmm. We find better technology. We, you know, People often look at, like, how did they move these big stones to build these pyramids? Like, they couldn't have done it without a machine. And then some guy is like, actually, you can use some wood. There's a really amazing video where this guy moved, like, a uh, two-ton slab by hammering wood under it, digging a hole, and then teetering it back and forth until it flipped. And he's like, and you just got to keep doing it. And you can move using its own weight and counterbalance. And he was like, so you don't need gigantic machines to do it. There's also another video with like how did the how did they split these rocks so perfectly? And then a guy just like t- takes a, a an axe and he hits it along the edge, and then the rock just splits. It's mm-hmm. like there are te- techniques that we might not know about. Or how about was didn't in like ancient Greece or Rome have like cement that could dry underwater? Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're yep. still like man, how did yeah, they do that? They mm-hmm. So, but we understand that. Mm-hmm. So what happens is they exploit that to the, to the, to the layman. They hear this idea. Did you know that these ancient tribes? already knew how to do this man if only the white man paid attention and from that they go yeah why why don't we do that exploit that problem that is plainly visible and then give them a solution and they believe it well it's because white people are racist and they disregard the true discoveries of Mm -hmm. other cultures wow and now they believe it now Mm -hmm. you've indoctrinated and you begin converting that protein into a malformed protein where they no longer believe science is real but I tell you this, if people live in a broken world where there's no truth, they're extremely easy to control. And that's probably the, 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 the end goal, in my opinion. Right. A group of subservient individuals who will give you what you want and you can exploit them.
1: No, that's why I think of it as management theory. It's really pretty crass. You know, it's it's not, it. you know, whereas most frameworks by which we would have a conception of reality are about establishing sort of a meta-narrative, right? Like, okay, who are you? What is the world? How do you relate to the world? How do you relate to other people? Um, this one is really just about managing people. It's about it's about managing people into categories by which we can easily identify each other and about having people mistrust whether they can really know or how they know. Yeah. So that the the... the the knowledge is really coming from a, like a Gnostic place. It's, it's reserved to a few uh, on on any given topic. It's amazing.
3: I was thinking the metaphor of like, if you're playing a video game and you have like a a multitude of characters to choose from, you have an archer, you have a rogue, you have a warrior and you get to pick your, your party of four people. These these critical theorists will pick four archers because they, that's what they want. They want people that believe the same thing and act the same way, but then they'll get skins just like cosmetic skins of difference. They'll have one archer will look like a woman, one archer will look like a black guy, one archer will look like a white guy, and then. But the problem is, it's not real diversity. They look different, but it's four archers. You need different people with different mm-hmm. worldviews, and uh, that's a very different type of diversity. Dude, dude, dude mm-hmm.
0: ranged DPS. You're seriously going to go in a raid with nothing but ranged DPS? No, you got to have look a tank out. and a healer at mm-hmm. the at, start, yeah. and then that's you can true. True. talk about which ranged DPS you're going for. Maybe who cares you wanna... what they look like? Wear whatever skin you want to wear. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, most people want the, like, the legit armor set, but, you know, end game characters end up looking really funky because the best armors don't usually go together. Though I think, you know, a lot of games started making that better. Like, okay, fine, the tier, the tier three end game armor is gonna be better. So look, if you want to go on a raid and you want to have, like, a mage, you know, he's, he's a little squishy, but he's got some good range DPS. And then you want to get a hunter because he got the pet. You, you know, you can't just go in with five tanks. Although I've seen videos of people trying to do it. And it's hilarious. It is. And that's but like critical theory, man. You need a healer. No, exactly. They're claiming it's diversity because it's like, well, we've got a rogue who's uh, specced for stealth. We've got a rogue who's would for combat. It's like, no, no, no.
3: Well, it's cosmetic. <laughs> this rogue has a, a black skin. This rogue oh. is a female. This rogue has white, yellow hair. And they consider that diversity, but you can't rogue, that's a really rogues.
0: That's a really good idea for a video we should make where we, we go on a World of Warcraft dungeon. And we just have, like, a white rogue, a black rogue, a lady rogue, an elf ro- uh, you know, whatever. And we're like, we've got five different races of rogue. We're going to go in and beat the boss. <laughs> a
3: truly diverse <laughs> party you, yes, of rogues. you Indeed.
0: get crushed. I mean, if you're really strong, you can do it. Maybe but.
3: maybe. but it's not optimal. That's the point, is you need true diversity. It doesn't matter what skin. They can all be skinned to look like a black woman. But if you have a warrior, a rogue, a, a wizard, you're going to have a much more balanced party. And, it, and the cosmetics <laughs> is irrelevant. But to these people, I wonder, it's not
0: necessarily. That's the problem. I wonder if people watching all in in, in their entirety completely understood all those references. No way. Nope. God, I or, <laughs> hope so. They were all no. like, I have no idea what <laughs> no, you're talking oh, about.
2: Yeah, I no I'm a little lost, yeah.
0: <laughs> so in, uh, in, in most like uh, RPG, MMO games, well, I'm mostly referring to World of Warcraft. You have a team of five people, and they're a, a tank mm-hmm. is a reference to a character that can take a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. They don't give a lot of damage. A healer. That one's obvious. And then DPS means damage per second. So you have people who can fire arrows or magic spells. And then you have rogues in Warcraft who are up close slicing and dicing and stuff. If you want to win, almost every single normal run will Mm -hmm. be, we need a diverse team. right? We need these different kinds of characters.
1: Diverse in capacity. and In function. In function, yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Instead... Ian makes a really good point that would be hilarious to watch, <laughs> like five priests trying to, you know, win a dungeon. And it's like, well, like peace, priests can do damage mm-hmm. if they're spec shadow, but you're not going to have a like, it's not going to work all that well. Like, the, the, it's interesting. The games are designed this way to require huh. diversity yeah. of player function. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome the real, to the world, real world. The real world is similar. Like art imitates right. life.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, remember Nicole Hannah Jones talking about how you can be politically black and you right. can be politically white, even mm-hmm. though you're actually black. This kind of mm-hmm. superficial. Well, no, I, that's, I, that's
1: that's in critical theory. All yes. identities are politicized. Yeah. Your your identity is only your political identity, which is why they could treat you one way with thinking of you as a white man, and right. one way thinking you as a mixed man.
0: I do have to counter that 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 point, though, Ian. Ah, yes. World of Warcraft has racial abilities. Tell me more. Oh, Yo, you're right. Different yeah. races have different abilities. So, uh, Void Elf they can teleport. Mm. So you can have five rogues of different races with different abilities. You're still not going to win. That's meta diversity. Like, yeah, you're oh. still not going to win. I mean, you can you can try, but I think if you had a team of five paladins, though, you could because they're healers, tanks, and DPS.
1: So. I feel excluded from
2: this hegemonic mm-hmm. discourse. <laughs> I feel discriminated against for sure.
3: You haven't played a lot of Warcraft? No. Oh, okay.
2: Or just <laughs> roleplaying? My game brother you know. did. My brother did quite a
1: bit, go. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. So that yeah. would be like,
3: what country are you from, but where were your ancestors from? Like, depending on where your ancestors were from be, would be your racial ability, but where you're from is like what class you were. I, I'm done with this metaphor. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> We've <though>. exhausted <laughs> it. I can't, I
1: can't contribute anything. Yeah, I got to
0: nothing. Be well, so I guess, close. uh, uh, man, just what's the final, final uh, leg of the story? You guys, Uh, Got a bunch of, you know, uh, anti-woke, anti-SJW fat dudes in fedoras with katanas to like storm (laughs) into the building and the big fat feminists were chased out or what?
1: No, we were (laughs) uh, we love all those people. (laughs) We we were just um, yeah, we, we wanted to continue having the conversation as long as conversation was possible. And there came a point at which each of the people who left left on moral grounds saying that they, they wouldn't want to be a part of an organization that is white supremacist, for instance. So, yeah, it was just sort of like, okay, that's, you know, you're, you're living according to your moral beliefs, and we disagree with you. You have these deeply held com- commitments, convictions, whatever you want to call it, and, um, yeah. Is I it- think
0: it, you know, I, I just think it took you guys longer than it would take me. You know, like I, I, but I get it, and uh, um, if it were me, and I was running an organization... And someone you know put an open letter. I'd be like, bro, the door's right there. Yeah, like no beef. Like you don't. You, I, I got no obligation. To you, you got no obligation. Okay. To well, here's
1: here's, here's where it's tricky because employers know that employees who are oriented towards this ideology will m- turn that into an a- an attack on the organization. If there's any sense of I was wrongfully terminated, or I was I was shoved out because of my beliefs, you know. So. Honestly, I think the principled approach that we took is the only approach if you don't want your organization. If you don't want a, I, I disagree. a Pyrrhic victory, for instance, there's like, okay, you won, but like now you're in litigation. If,
0: if, uh, if, if I had an employee say that they wanted everyone to name their gender pronouns... I would pull them aside and say, I cannot allow you to be homophobic or transphobic and force people to out themselves. That's kind of what we said. You need, yeah, you can't. And if you do that again, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to have to ask you to leave for, you know, discrimination.
1: No. And we did it with research. We said, hey, look, here's what the actual research says. I I put together like a 14 page paper on gender identity and and it was all the research like cited throughout the paper, like actual peer reviewed, you know, controlled (laughs) real research. Um And and it was basically like, hey, this is actually not best practice. This this is this can be damaging to people in dysphoric conditions to be asked to name their gender identity into a space full of strangers, by the way. And so what was really disheartening, though, is because this has more of a religious nature to it, that this person is like, that's all good. These are probably a bunch of studies written by white guys anyway. They don't understand. I'm the one with a critical consciousness, and I'm I'm an ally for these people. It's my job to make sure they're not harmed, and I can see you have no interest in understanding things from their perspective. Therefore, you are transphobic. I still have my deeply held convictions, and I'm going to act on those. And so, it's at that point, you're like, we're really at an impasse, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's what this that's what happens when you when you erode the foundations of how do we arrive at what is true. Normally, we've had our scientific method, right? It's like I'm showing you all the studies. I'm showing you what they say. This is the best research we have to date. And like that, that is irrelevant.
0: This is the the pitfall of true liberalism. Yep. When we say you can't discriminate on the basis of race, gender, national origin, religion, okay, now define discriminate. So I was uh, uh, I, I mentioned this in a segment a couple of days ago about Coca Cola doing these woke trainings, and I was like, they want to have these trainings where they start talking about whiteness. All right. If I were there, I would immediately file a complaint saying they were trying to have a white supremacist meeting. Mm-hmm. How do you define white supremacists? Well, it doesn't matter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So my argument would be to make minority individuals go into a room to be taught about white people is discriminatory because they don't have meetings about black people or Asian people, mm-hmm. only white people. True. So I told them that, you know, it's racist. I would, I would say absolutely no to that. If they said we want to do pronouns, I would say this is harassment of the LGBTQ employees who don't want to out themselves. And if mm-hmm. you bring it up again, you're gone. People don't do this. Only the woke do this. So long as only the woke are exploiting that system, it will go in their direction. But like I said, it's a problem of of liberalism in that we created the Civil Rights Act to protect people. From there, there is just a, a, it is a sieve. It is is just holes to leak through. Because no matter what you do, you are discriminating, period. Mm -hmm. And they know that and they exploit that
4: yeah and we one quick add on to that too is just that in terms of the spirit of what you want to actually see happen there we we ended up into a place where it's like we don't want to just play games and use the same rules that you have and apply them back to you to try to you know in some case show you that we can't live this way um but you know in terms of the the space where you want to be inclusive the whole point is we have these tools that are meant for everybody to be able to benefit from and how can we make people feel like they can come and be a part of that um so there are solutions and that was the the effort is how can we be informed and get to a place where we don't just play a game back and forth with a use of language but to actually make progress in the world, there are solutions and for us in that one particular case it's like why don't we just give put the power in the hands of that individual and just say, you know, we're gonna go around and as part of our guidelines that include all the normal stuff of just the you know, being respectful and um everything you'd want to do in civil conversation these people um in, in sharing uh at the beginning to get to know each other why don't you just invite them just to, to share how you'd like to be referred to in the space because that doesn't make anybody say a pronoun and then that if somebody but you're still
1: not satisfying this is what we learned you're not mm-hmm. satisfying what the goal was again was to bring that gender identity category explicitly into the space as a way of reflecting back to those people that they're seen So it it still wouldn't satisfy it.
2: Yeah. So what you guys found was that there is not a compromise there. There's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do to make it so that you are happy and feel that you're serving your own moral standard Mm -hmm. and that they're happy and you're giving them what they're looking for. There's just no common ground. And I think they make it that way on purpose. I think that's the reason they keep their definition so loose and easy and they change it on you in the middle of an argument. And you were talking about this before the show, the concept of making them play by their own rules. Holding them to their own standards. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Hold them to their own rules. Hold them to their own standards. And I think that's the only way to fight back against this. This Mm -hmm. is in the rules for radicals. This is in the book that they follow, whether they know it or not.
0: Right. If someone Mm -hmm. said, I want everyone to say their gender pronouns, I'd be like, excuse
2: me? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Are
0: you trying to force people to out themselves? Why? Are you a white supremacist who wants to physically harm them? So you want Mm -hmm. them to reveal? That's insane. There you go. How dare you bring that into my, my office? We, mm-hmm. we protect our LGBT employees and their right to
1: privacy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, Seriously, that's, then that's, we do. That's what I did. I, I see it. It's like a kind of linguistic credentialism they have, where they have this whole jargon that they use and that they employ against people. And most people just feel like overwhelmed by it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm even being accused of. I don't know what all these heteronormativity phrases are. What are you talking about? Um, but I did... I did learn enough to know that when I was told I wasn't allowed to speak on a certain topic because I'm straight, I said, well, wait a minute. How do you know I'm straight just because I'm married to a man? You know, it's like oh, it, within your own within your own framework, you know, like I could be any I could be any sexual identity, any gender identity right now based on their own th-
0: framework. You'd be a dog. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Right. So this is in a, a Freedom Tunes cartoon. Are you guys familiar with Freedom Tunes? Seamus. How's it going, buddy? Uh, he made one where he's talking about gender, and he said, the arguments about critical gender theory is that men and women are on a spectrum. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a gender spectrum. For instance, some men um, are infertile. So reproduction or the production of sperm doesn't make them a man. Some men might lose their privates in an accident. They're still men. And he said, right, like, what differentiates a dog from a person? A person walks on two legs. Okay, well, some dogs walk on two legs. Does that mean a dog could be a person? Well, okay. but humans use toilets. And he said, yeah, well, uh, dogs don't, and some humans in California also don't. <laughs> so the, the, the issue is, no. <laughs> there. it's true. So the, the, the issue is they deconstruct concepts mm-hmm. right. to make excuse for why certain ideas exist. Mm-hmm. That, that logic right there shows they'll exploit anything to claim it was a violation, and they'll use it to, to gain power.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, but again, you can use that against them. You know, if you're just deconstructing my, you know, gender, or anything, any societal norm, I can deconstruct your theory. I can deconstruct your deconstruction. If everything is a social construct, why does this stand? You I know?
0: just, I just say like uh, uh, discussions of race are banned at this company. Mm-hmm. It's because we don't want any harassment. So all discussions of race, gender, national origin, religion, you can't do it. Don't talk about it. Have a nice day and It's well, nice like, that you're in control. How do we? How do we talk about discrimination? Well, you can talk to your boss, mm-hmm. but if you want to go and harass, are, are you saying you want you want to harass employees? Because if you want to harass our employees, I'm sorry, that's harm,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: people here don't feel safe around you. That's 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 the game, you know. And I, I suppose the problem is that's what they want. They pull you down into the fray so that you're using you're playing by their rules. They've won, their mm-hmm. rules. They, they walk away laughing, saying, thank you for adopting my rules. Thank you for adopting my, my worldview and my mm-hmm. way of life. It's exactly what we wanted in the first place. Hmm.
3: Oh, intolerance. So the alligator wants you yes. to come underwater and fight it
2: with intolerance. And so you're thinking, all right, I'll
0: drag you underwater. And he's like, that's all I ever wanted. <laughs>
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
4: But who am I? I mean, that's the thing, though, is there are people that are that self-aware that are doing that, but just, again, not, right. not trying to have the victim villain mindset. And we're mm-hmm. trying to speak to people we love and care about, and you know, in a way that can point it out and uh, have a good dialogue to where you can be. Um, I, I love the concept of the noble adversary, and how in philosophy, it's so helpful to have somebody that might be completely on the other side of an issue. But as long as truth is on the throne. Then you both can be very helpful to one another. And I love that question is just how, how can truth contradict you? And is truth on the throne in your life? What if they don't believe in truth?
1: Eighteen plus. Well, then you don't have to listen to anything they say. They can say nothing objectively. That, have, that could.
0: What happens when they're the dominant political party and they control <laughs> the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and they're passing laws based on this stuff? That's the yeah. problem. Yep. So that, that, that the issue I see is that there are many people who think that these people want to have a dialogue. That these people are trying to improve things. I don't think fire is evil. I think the person who set the fire is, the person who's watching it and laughing and seeing it destroy the the building, but you don't argue with fire. Mm -hmm. It's just spreading and destroying. You put the fire out immediately. And there are some circumstances where you can use fire to prevent the spread of fire, controlled burn in a field, for instance. You got to be careful. You got to do it right. Typically, we just spray water on things, though, which means if you want to maintain your principles, you can't in the end in my opinion use you know the rules for radicals i suppose because then you're just spreading fire along with it so i, I suppose though controlled burn could work in the end though perhaps there's a surgical approach to using a controlled burn in certain settings where it must be done and then overall we need to keep spraying water on the fire mm-hmm.
3: fire also can keep you alive in the right circumstances like a controlled bonfire you can cook it can keep you warm but That's like critical race theory has some value or critical theory in that it questions power structures. And we were born into an imperialist power structure. It's worth questioning. But when it gets out of control and then it it, it loses its own tolerance and can't – has problems with with upending itself when it sees its own flaws, that's the the wildfire that's dangerous. And that's what – and you can see.
4: I mean, obviously, you guys are dealing with that. Yeah. Well, Well, how about critical theory that you can't critique? Right.
0: yeah mm-hmm. let's go to super chats oh yeah we uh, we on this Friday night everybody mm-hmm. so uh, make sure you go to timcast.com sign become sign up to become a member we got a bunch of really cool stuff coming we actually are building this auction system which means we're gonna it's not just about auctioning off you know weekly tickets to the to the space to come hang out for our Friday night events but we're actually gonna be able to like have signed t-shirts and you know other weird stuff mm-hmm. yeah. T-shirts, mugs, pillows—the original our pillow. I should. We should auction that off. That's a good one. Yeah. See how much we can get for. So the original our pillow is a burlap sack full of styrofoam packing peanuts. In fact, I will get it now. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's the communist version of my pillow. <laughs> you know, have you guys ever used a my pillow?
1: We have given one to my dad.
0: So a present you've yeah. ever you've oh, used it it's, it's awesome. like it's, it's, it's got a bunch of basically like foam memory foam bits yeah. inside you can he really on. likes it yeah so <laughs> we decided you know what we'll we'll cut the corners and we'll get a burlap sack we'll throw a pack of peanuts we should wash this
2: thing okay maybe <laughs> no you say no so. one's been you using it on. it's just so a burlap authentic. sack it's fantastic the <laughs> yeah.
0: but we'll auction that off for sure and then these these silly trinkets will help fund more work and yes. you know we're, we're hiring yes. some journalists so let's say some super chats my friends you must give a little tap to that like button it really does help out Let's read what we got here. IB Drago says, 1984 is now, and Red Dawn isn't far behind. Just saying. Mm. Yikes. Mm. Joey Meldeman says, hey, Tim, since Google is censoring search results, I recommend using Brave browser. It's powered by the BAT cryptocurrency, is safe, secure, and pays you in bat for viewing ads. Win-win. I, we use Brave. We do, yes. And whenever we pull up articles, you can see the little Brave icon. We almost exclusively use Brave. Sometimes we need other browsers for pulling yeah. something up. We use brave for everything because brave is awesome and the bat token is great. All right, let's see. Euphoric Break says, I've been keto eight years now. I turn 50 next week and I am on no pharmaceutical drugs, just eat real food. Hey, there you go. A super chat based on our sponsor of the day. Check out the link in the description below.
2: Nice.
0: Josh L says, hey, y'all, how come people talk in chat in a way they never would to another person in real life? I consistently see people say crap that I know they'd never say to another person face to face. It's really interesting, isn't it? I, I mm-hmm. so That's a good um, one.
2: who was it that made that quote? Mike Tyson made the quote that being online has made people comfortable with saying things that would get them Consequences Punch. in the real life. Yeah. Punch, in the, you know? face. Punch yeah, in the face. Okay, yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to say that because oh, we don't right. say that here.
0: Is that real or is that debunked?
2: I think that's real. Is it? Yeah. I saw it the other day. I was like, yep, it's true.
0: You see, this guy, Key Mark, is trying to get me. Whoa! But you're not going to get me. But I'm going <laughs> to read your super chat anyway. <laughs> I love it. Where's Bucko? Can you let him know Michael Malice's amazing new book, The Anarchist Handbook, is now for sale on Amazon for $19? He will love it.
2: Bucko would love that.
0: <clears throat> Bucko went feral. Yeah,
2: He did. So Bucca. we started
0: letting him go outside. And then he killed. A, he's a cat. Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> he killed.
0: A, he killed a rabbit, and was dre- just carrying the body of the rabbit around, Ooh, like very yeah, proud yeah. that he killed it. It's
2: pretty proud. And of then
0: him. we saw him uh, chewing on it, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's to be expected." Mm-hmm. And then after the show, a couple nights ago, I went downstairs, and he was eating it. On the floor in the in the in the kitchen, oh. it has since he been had, buried. He has he yes. severed its head and was chewing at its spine. buried it, it was immediately. brutal. It was like metal. yeah, video. it was like the most metal thing Bucko ever done. He also eats and mealworms. He's climbing he was trees. Super excited. Oh, we got a new chicken.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dorothy. Good stuff, Dorothy. Uh. She's
0: a what is it? What, a barred rock.
2: Bar- Plymouth barred rock. Oh, Plymouth you barred.
3: highlighted her on Instagram. No. Was That wasn't Dorothy? No. That's Margaret. I didn't know you got a new chicken. Yeah, so
0: (laughs) somebody not too far away said that that the chicken was an escape artist and that they had to, like, they (laughs) couldn't keep it because it was going to get out and get eaten. And I was like, well, we've got this fortified coop and she's currently laying eggs. And it was funny because I was like, I wonder what's going to happen because our chickens have never been around another chicken before. Mm -hmm. We put her in and you know what the chickens did? Literally nothing. Like, no reaction at all on oh my It'll man, be interesting to
1: see once they start all laying eggs, is when they really develop their pecking order. Oh, That's really? That's what we found with our chickens. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Dorothy is already laying. Uh-huh. So we bought she might her.
2: might be the queen. She's the queen? Yeah.
0: Queen Dorothy? Yep. Dorothy, we're pretending like she's related to Vanessa. You Big
2: know? old girl. Yeah, they are related.
0: Whoa, is this true? Red State Bound says Space Force Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer removed after facebook post announcing marxism oh,
2: look this up yeah, interesting mm.
0: david palmer says any charities you guys trust i'm looking to donate but want my money spent well um well one thing you can definitely do if you want to contribute not all charities are tax deductible which means you may as well contribute to something that is going to do great work like going to timcast.com and becoming a member i'm kidding That's but definitely right. do that too uh, any charities you guys recommend
2: <laughs> find me on twitter yes they have a good one so yours yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) doobie mcnasty says the only pronoun we all need to share is human (laughs) what is your pronoun human
2: human i am
0: human uh tex avery says as a trans person i have to disagree with gender pronoun woke nonsense people have a right to talk about you however they want (laughs) there you
1: go it's true it's going against the grain yeah
0: Daddy Day 71 says, Tim, wanted to provide some clarity for your 4 p.m. video. You can become a commissioned officer without having a college degree. I know many who have become limited duty officers or chief warrant officers. Interesting. The median says, Israel will not fall even if they take down their wall. And if Russia, Iran, Egypt, and Turkey all attacked Israel together, Israel has been around longer than the U.S. And will be here after. Favorite water-based mammal. Oh, um. That <laughs> was
2: a segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? What you got? got I dolphin? got one. Platypus. Platypus.
1: I because mean, come on, that's what is it? One.
0: Is that a water-based mammal? It, it is,
1: yeah. It, that's a mammal that lays eggs. They're so cool. Yeah, but is it beak.
4: underwater?
2: Well, it's amphibious. Yeah. yeah. I Mine is hippos. Water-based mammals. Hippos are awesome. Yeah,
4: dolphins too, though, because they protect surfers from sharks. Oh, oh here
2: true, you yeah.
0: go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I have one. No? I could just say a random animal, I guess.
2: Capybara? Walrus. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I
0: guess capybara—they're not water-based, but they love water. They're awesome. I think that they're the friendliest animal, right?
2: They are, yeah. Yeah, like
0: they're all sweet. the other animals, just like hang out with them. Yeah. yeah, and and nobody wants to like eat them for some reason. It's weird.
2: <laughs> they're so friendly. It's
0: like the predators are like, nah, you're cool, dude. They're rodents, I'm not right? Eat you. Yeah.
1: What is it about them? What's the trait?
0: They're zen. I they're I super know. chill. Oh, yeah. Why? There's videos of them like sitting in hot springs, and their eyes are like half closed. They're <laughs> so, like the stoners of nature.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love them.
0: Nobody wants to eat them, I guess. They're so cute. Maybe they taste bad.
2: They got a bunch of lice. That's what I heard. Oh, Oh, really? That's gross. Not good. Actually kind of (laughs) gross.
0: Lucas Parada says, great guests. Question for them. Did they approach the issue from a spiritual perspective? I feel these ideologies can't be brought into the light without a spiritual approach.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Well, our staff was of diverse religious and spiritual backgrounds. So that was something to take into account
4: yeah and i would say that that also it was the idea of personal versus professional came to light in terms of just how oftentimes um that the organized worldviews are quickly called out but people are not aware of just the fact that we all have a worldview and that again people are out of their lane when you're trying to do you know science or have empirical conversations around these types of things we we all need to yeah. Just be honest about that fact. So that is
1: something that we laid early on with the groundwork. Was we we all operate on faith at some level, especially about the ultimate things. Yeah, true.
0: Kylind Riley says, "Tim, why do you still bother using Newsguard? They gave CNN an objectivity rating of eight out of ten. They gave the Daily Wire a three out of ten. That would be like giving Ian a san- sanity rating of eight out of ten and you a three out of ten. Oh, uh, ha, ha,
3: ha, ha. rude! Well, I'm a wizard
0: because it is a it's a bias check." So when people are like, Tim's fake news, I'd be like, all my sources are certified by NewsGuard. And they gave CNN an 8 out of 10 and Daily Wire a 3 out of 10. So if you don't trust them, I don't know who I'm supposed to trust. It was funny, I, there was like some fake report that claimed me and like, it, it included me in a list of people spreading election misinformation. And I was like, what did, what did I say about the election? Like, like seriously tell me. All of the articles I use on everything are certified by NewsGuard. Period. So that's really a tech on NewsGuard. And if NewsGuard doesn't take issue with it, you know, whatever. So they're they're Microsoft funded, I guess, and uh, I think they're super biased. They give Media Matters like mm. a ninety out of ten, like a like ninety out of a hundred, like an organization that literally just puts out fake news and conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're credible. Sure. <laughs> Drew Richmond says, "Tim, Crucial Conversations is a great book. GNC's approach to their employees is CC in action. I used it myself when I did mediation between truant teens and parents. It helped me in my life too. Ian, you would love it."
2: Interesting. Cool.
0: There you go. Gotta get that book. We've got, got one for you. I got you, a yeah. copy for each of you. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Thank you, guys. Joe no- uh, Novarati says, Tim, can you shout out Rimfire Apparel on Facebook? We're a family-owned Second Amendment apparel startup out of New Jersey. Shout out to Rimfire Apparel.
2: Very cool.
0: Thank you for the super chat. Mountain Man Chuck says, any thoughts on Alexander Dugan, fourth political theory? Shout out to Jack Murphy interviewing Michael Millerman and Dugan himself. Oh, any thoughts? Oh,
1: cool. I saw Mike Millerman tweeting about Dugan recently, but I'm not well informed. I don't
2: know anything. Yeah, yeah really. I no. don't, don't really know. I don't really know that name.
0: Sleepless in Phoenix says, "Longtime viewer and big fan, Tim. Can you give a friends link a shout out? It is help Tony Burns compete in Formula Drift on GoFundMe. The A in Fand is actually meant to be a U. GoFundMe, me. Hmm. Censorship is getting crazy. It won't even let me put the word fund in super chat, but you literally put fund in the super chat afterwards. So maybe you can't say go fund me, I guess.
2: Hmm.
0: Clay Moore says, Didn't they say great leaders don't seek power? It is thrust upon thee. Or at least they used to. Yeah, yeah, that was that was hmm. how it was supposed to be, I guess.
1: Who whose quote is that? Oh, oh I don't know. I think, yeah.
0: You look it up. That's a Shakespeare quote. Is it? Yeah, I think so.
3: That
1: sounds right. Some it's very great wise. Leaders have
0: power thrusts like oh from my. Path, I think. Yeah. Devin Stark says, "Tim, prions are formed by eating brains. It's the true. proteins are correct for the original brain, but malformed for the one eating them." I wonder uh, what what that makes this all a reference to.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's related to Jefferson's tyranny of, over the mind of man. Oh yeah. Right. Just the this whole philosophical movement is to control people's thoughts or like freedom to have thoughts. You know, Mm -hmm. it really is sort of management. I mean, if you're managing people's speech and what they can read, you're kind of saying you shouldn't think certain things either.
0: Definitely.
3: This Shakespeare quote was that some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Not that that great leaders don't seek power. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I
0: don't know. I mean, you know, Donald Trump, uh, the greatest leader of all time, sought power. What is power
3: anyway?
1: Kidding, by the way. <laughs> is power
0: just authority? I mean,
2: Ooh. I don't. It's not that's, just
1: authority. That's the Wh- that's the question that I think is really important. What's the difference between power and authority? Huh. I think all legitimate power comes from authority.
0: Power, uh, power uh, grants authority in a certain sense, mm. but
1: yeah. disagree.
0: What do you mean?
1: I think. That, I mean, there can be illegitimate power right like somebody just wielding brute force over another person and then there's authority which gives a person the due right to have power in a situation you know think about a parent and a child
0: i don't think authority is due right
1: well how do you define authority
0: uh hierarchical command structure power okay
1: so i'm not defining authority that way i like You're
0: saying, author- like, you're defining authority as like the authority on a subject, like the, right, the exactly. expert. The
1: yeah, the authority or the actual author of a thing, the actual creator ah, of a thing. The root. So word.
2: yes. Interesting.
1: So that you know is where our founding documents come from, for instance. Yeah. That our that, rights are rooted in the authority of a creator. Yeah. And that that creator is due the power that we're, you know.
3: So like recognizing. A sol- a soldier would be given a gun that would be authority but the person who took the gun would be a, not authority but they would they would also have power so the power derived from right illegitimate authority or yeah, uh, yeah. other means illegitimate
1: right mm. so you can be a person who has legitimate authority and therefore your power is legitimate or you can be a person who has no authority and then in, therefore any power you have is illegitimate interesting
3: yeah
1: interesting. i think it's a kind of a component of this whole conversation because i do think that Critical theory, since it's built on assertions, has no legitimate authority, and therefore all the power that it wields is illegitimate, which is why there's so much intimidation involved because there's nothing there. There's actually nothing there. Hollow. Yeah.
0: Don Jett says, Woke Baby, children's book my wife stumbled upon. Scary-ish. If you guys can find it, you should read it. It's short and worth it for its insanity.
1: I'm pretty sure it's by Ibram Kendi.
2: I think it is. Woke Baby, yeah. That sounds right. That guy's
0: out of his mind. A Woke Baby? But but he, he has to, he, like, <laughs> I think someone like Ibram X. Kendi, he's just, like, a legit con artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's my opinion on, who, on what he is. It's sad. S- saying something like the root of, what does he say, the root of racism is in, in, in denialism or whatever.
1: The heartbeat of racism is denial. Right, right,
0: right. Like, the dude's clearly, a con, like, conning people. You know, mm-hmm. in put, my yeah. opinion, so put, very, yeah. oh, what are you going to say? I
1: was just saying it's very similar to Robin D'Angelo's whole argument: is if you deny that you have white fragility, it's proof that you—it's the same yeah. exact—it's the same
2: exact Kafka trap.
3: Did he yeah. put X in his name because of Malcolm X? Probably. That's like clown makeup.
2: Pretty much, yeah. I don't know if that's true. I know it's not. His Look it up. Name, his birth name.
3: Why did Malcolm X have an X in his name? I
2: don't know.
1: Because
0: it's his name.
3: I Possibly
2: don't know. just his middle initial, or the tenth person.
0: King Cringe says acting with integrity within their moral framework seems like a capitulation to abhorrent behavior. This can be applied to witch hunts, lynch mobs, genocide. Every zealot believes their actions are for some greater good. Yep.
1: That's a good mm. point. But would you rather people believe things and not act on them? I mean... you get on the right.
0: There's, there's a line. I remember mm-hmm. when I was little, I was in school and I was walking down the hallway and there's a big banner that said stand up for what you believe in. And then I asked, some, I asked my teacher, I was like, what if someone believes in like you know, beating someone based on like their race or their like who mm-hmm. they love. And they're like, well, I mean, I was like, should someone in the class stand up if they like hate a person like based on their race or That's something? A great question. Yeah, there was a really great point that was brought up on Tucker Carlson's show when he was talking about cancel culture. Someone said, um, they're talking about free speech. And they were like, Tucker, you don't believe in free speech either. If someone came on your show and said something racist, you'd remove them from your show. And he's like, yes, I would. And he's like, exactly. So why are you mad that social media companies. And, of course, the argument is bunk because the, the issue isn't necessarily that, you know, YouTube, Facebook or whatever are banning people for being racist. It's that they're banning people who are literally often on one side of the political, spe- political spectrum for mm-hmm. highly dubious reasons. Right. But it's true, though. Uh, Tucker Carlson would absolutely boot someone from his program for saying racist things.
1: Well, it's a, it's a great point. What you asked your teacher is should the people who believe in atrocious things stand up for those things? Yes. And that's why everyone should be examining what their underlying presuppositions are about reality and be honest about what those are. Because everyone is making assumptions about what's real, what's true, what's right. And, and you should act on them. But if you haven't ever examined what those are, that it could be something that, you know, and the, is not you, sound. Are, is not in alignment with truth.
0: Are you, are you familiar with the paradox of intolerance? Who's that guy that they're always citing who wrote that? I
1: don't remember. So they, the,
0: the left loves this meme where it's like, should we tolerate intolerance? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, because if you do, eventually the intolerant take over. And the I'm comic? like, that's a really great reason why we shouldn't tolerate you. <laughs> so we shouldn't tolerate authoritarianism in any aspect, be it fascism, Nazism, communism, socialism, whatever. Karl mm-hmm. Popper. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Y'all can go. Now. What does it mean to tolerate fascism? Well, I don't care if you have the ideas and you speak them. If you want, but, but if you are politically organizing, then I think we absolutely should not tolerate this woke insurgency because they're authoritarians. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm X, the
3: X stood uh, was a response to reject slavery. That's why I put X there. Oh, okay. um,
0: Ibram X. Kendi, his middle name is Zolani. X-O-L-E-N-I mm. So
3: I guess it's That actually name. is his
2: initial mm.
0: Alright Julie Simone says Sounds like Dunning-Kruger effect A type of cognitive bias Where people believe They are smarter And more capable than they are Basically low ability people Don't possess the skills To recognize their own incompetence Check it out I'm very familiar And you know my favorite thing Growing up was When people would say When dumb people Would also use Dunning-Kruger they would say, well, you're an example of Dunning-Kruger. And I'm like, bro, I'm the one who's saying I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's overly confident. Yeah. I got no problem saying, I don't know, man. I'm trying my best. The other funny thing was I remember, you know, when I had these arguments about religion and stuff when I was younger, I would often hear, like, you need to have an open mind. And I would be like, now, hold on just a minute, because that statement itself is paradoxical. Mm-hmm. You're disagreeing with my view, claiming I'm the one with a closed mind. Why can't I just assert the same thing of you and say you don't have an open mind? <laughs> it's a pointless statement. Mm-hmm. Damon Bowers says you should try to get Richard Andrew Grove on he is a very knowledgeable person on this he has been covering this information on philosophical corruption of reality and the origins of it very interesting
2: look him up never heard that name
0: Tyler Fulkerson says big fans it's Occupy want to say how much the Air Force has changed a lot since 2016 extremism training was their last straw, was was the last straw for me getting out in August
2: mm. it's a mm. bummer man oh boy.
0: Uh, here we go Excellion says just run all druids Tim he's right druids are pretty bad but bro bro, druids can be tanks healers and dps that in a good way yeah that's busted druids legit man we we always for life yep they get stealth they get you know stronger armor they get resto and now they got moonkin form i got owl like they get travel form. man they're they're so good druids are the best in work i just don't like playing playing druids though
2: okay
5: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Yeet says, oh, I forgot to say this is from my Ethereum Classic Winnings. I like how you refer to it as winnings. Ah, oh, here we go. John Lee says, hey, Tim, and wow, you can run a full team of druids in clear raids. Me and my brother used to, do, we used to run this. <laughs> I know, I know. And theoretically, you could probably do paladins too, but not nearly as good as druids. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. in D&D, though. Druids aren't that tough in D&D. Really? Yeah, they're more they're more like priests. Shane Kerwood says, totally with you guys on the RPG metaphor. I understood every word and it's a brilliant example. Okay, good. Okay. I think love this show. You guys are the absolute best. <laughs> See, I knew there were going to be people who heard us using that and they're gonna be laughing the whole time. Although all the people talking about druids were like, actually. Oh <laughs>
2: gosh. <laughs> you got us though,
0: But they were, but they were right. Interface. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Moonfire.
3: Druid for life.
0: Alright, YouTube just jumped on us. They always do this. We get a bunch of super chats all at once and then the thing goes. <laughs> James Orenthal New uh uh, uh Nguyen, is that how you pronounce it? Leroy Jenkins, stop Asian hate in twenty twenty one, silence is not violence. If you're still reading, please consider pre-ordering, mi- <laughs> pre-ordering <laughs> Michael Knowles' new book, Speechless, Controlling nice. Words, Controlling Minds.
2: <laughs> They're Truly, everywhere. <laughs>
0: the smartest thing I've ever seen in any marketing campaign so is making a meme where people go to dude. other people's channels to get them to promote the, Michael <laughs> Knowles' so book.
2: So smart.
0: <laughs> I should start doing that with like, uh, we don't have any like strong merch, I guess.
2: Our pillow? You'll sleep better on an our, our pillow? pillow? Yeah. Make sure go. to buy
0: our pillow. Yes. Good communist That's what pillow. Jack
2: Posobiec's been doing.
0: William Carlos says, please, this is my third attempt. So, hi, I wrote a free book about exactly these topics, specifically about fallacies, biases, and axioms. I am a William Carlos on Minds. Love the show. There you go. Great. Lone Wolf says, man, I love Ian. No insinuations there, just honest, brother. You bring such a great element to the table, for example, the uncommon thoughts and angles of viewpoint. There you go.
3: The wolf is my spirit animal.
0: It is. It, it is funny to like imagine someone playing Warcraft and like have five rogues and just have one who's black, one who's white, yeah. one is a woman. We Need and, some like, diversity here. <laughs> yeah, right. We
3: can't. We, we <laughs> can't beat this dungeon. We need diversity.
0: So, so what do we need for this dungeon? Well, we need a black rogue, we need a <laughs> white rogue, a female rogue, a, a black female rogue, and an elf. It's like that's diversity enough for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I had a vision that I was being attacked by a, uh, an eagle or some sort of hawk, and a wolf dove out of like. The veil and, and and it spun around and protected me from the the bird. Spirit. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of the wolf being my like spirit, spirit animal. Spirit yeah. animal.
0: Just wanted to make totally sure. tofu. Pancho says, Can't "Good job, Bucko. Tear it up."
3: Yes. Dang.
2: And then Savage. No. No. No.
0: No. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The cat. Yeah. yeah. Bucko killed a baby rabbit. Okay. We were like, "Oh, big man, you go to baby." <laughs> and then he comes up the next day with a baby mouse, and oh. we're like, "Is that Come the best on, you can do, man. bro?" Killing babies. That's sad. He's yeah. Yo, I'm
3: just getting started.
0: No, he. No, it's like he's all proud of himself. He like walks up like look what I did and we're like dude really Okay okay. You want right. us to be impressed by you killing a baby rabbit?
3: He
2: hey, starts
0: he's, eating it. He's being
3: trained by the neighbor's cat. He is. It's very also cute. A hunter. He is. I I
2: have to defend Bucko because he thinks that Tim is very bad at being a cat and he needs like really small little meals to make him full and fill his tummy so he's bringing Tim these little He's meals. not bringing them to me. Where ah. is he, he bringing them? He just he like drops them on He the brought them to the
0: he, he, him and and Herman the other cat brought them to the 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 the, the uh, green room entrance which is like yeah, the lower floor you. i wasn't down there that's where you it was it was like andreas and and, and you oh. know
2: it's like this is for anyone who's here <laughs> you're yeah. welcome yeah. <laughs> you're i think bad. he was
0: i don't think he. so a lot of people say that cats will bring you dead animals because they're trying to like hey you're bad at hunting here let me show you this. like here's how here's what you do no, no, he was parading it around proud of himself. It was the first thing he had ever killed. Yeah, like he was an indoor cat and we got him little, we, we, we got him armor, you know? Yeah. He has a vest with a little bow on it.
3: <laughs> he brought it to one door and then uh, like the next day brought it to the other door.
0: Yeah, he was like showing us. Yeah. He was very proud of himself. And the other cat who's an outside cat who lives outside and hunts all the time and like just, I, I watched him one time just like, playing with the mouse and like uh, swatting it. Yikes. It was brutal. Like, he was teaching Bucko how to how to do all this stuff. It's funny. He, like, follows him around and, like,
4: watches. And then, so cute. Yeah, it's great. Is this Just keeping boring. poop off the skate ramps? Uh, Well, he's never allowed anywhere near the skate ramps. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the cat doesn't poop. He does
0: you know. No, no I bird
4: Killing the, the culprits. Oh, uh, well,
0: the problem is we have birds in the garage mm-hmm. because, but we, we cleared out the roof. We're doing, like, cleanup and remodeling. So now the problem is there are these tiny little bugs, and every night, they reproduce about a million of them. I'm not even Ooh. exaggerating. Like, mm. no joke. Like, a million. That's a lot. And so every morning in the garage, no joke, the ground is blanketed with, like, you'll see dots all over the ground. And you. it's like, it, it was really funny. So I, I pointed out, and, and I can't remember what I was talking to. They're there, like, uh, just, they thought it was dust. And so I took the, uh, the leaf blower, and I started blowing the floor and clearing it. And then you have a big clump, a huge clump of dead bugs, Ooh. of, like, flies of some sort. Ew. Weird. Yeah, so I'm wondering if like the chickens can eat them because then what we'll do is we'll just it's a free meal, you know yeah, what I mean? Right? Yeah. I don't know what they're eating to be like, to make more bugs. They're certainly <laughs> eating something.
1: The other bugs.
0: I guess. Wood. Dude, the other night I opened the door after the show, and then all of a sudden, no joke, about a thousand tiny bugs flew in my face. Whoa.
5: Yeah. And so I pulled
0: the door closed That's and I'm gross. like they're everywhere I started flying around. Jeez. And then I looked out, I turned turned the light on, and it's just it was a cloud. It was like a horror movie. I wonder if those are locusts. No. Is that the beginning of the locust? Absolutely locusts? not. No, these no. are tiny little flies. Locusts or cicadas, rather. Oh. So what we're going to do oh, is... Oh, they
3: got through my screen and
0: my window. Oh, See, snap. I have to keep my windows closed because they, they're smaller than the screen holes. They're tiny. Gross. And so what, 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 what we're going to do is we're going to get, like, ten bug zappers, and we're going to create just like a fortress. And So we had a bug zapper last year, and Ian, you got mad because yeah. it was just going it like... felt tsh. inhumane.
3: We like, put it, it was, outside and just let it roll. It
0: sounded like a permanent high-powered taser going off nonstop. <laughs> and then Ian was like, why are we just killing the bugs for the sake of killing them? And I'm like, we're trying to get the bugs off the porch. But it was like... It, it's like, you know, normal bug zapper, every, every few seconds you're like a... Tsh, tsh. This one was like... Tsh,
4: tsh.
2: <laughs>
0: And we, you could see the arcs, and we were like, what Ooh. is going on? Yeah, I thought it was a fire
4: hazard. <laughs> like yeah. camper from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Killing bugs.
0: No more unlimited
3: bugs.
2: Unlimited <laughs> bugs.
0: <laughs> All right, what is this? Uh, GG Player says, want to clarify my chat from the other night. When I went to Parnell's website, and it said I could not find the IP. That was only when I used your link.
2: It was the correct link. I double-checked it. Brian
0: says, Tim and Ian, I'm running for Congress, and I want your ideas to make policies and give the people back the power and wealth. Um, You know what? I got it. If I ever run for office, it'll be to, like, abolish everything. Solve it. That's that's one way to go.
1: I'll be like, we're going to start over. I want (laughs) to get rid of everything, and then we'll just, you know.
3: One thing you could do is, at a local level, create an app, that lets you allocate your local tax funds. I
2: love that. And,
3: yeah, like a, with sliding bars. So, like, you'll slide up 2% and everything else will, like, drop down 0.1%. And it's like Tinder. So you'll see, like, I want to build um, a fountain on Main Street. And so you'll swipe right if you want to add it to your list of things that you want to apply tax money to. And then you can, like, put your tax dollars yeah, And that is towards... the most
0: right-wing thing I've ever heard I you say. Yeah, libertarian
2: all the way. Yes. What? That's awesome.
0: It's an interesting position where it's like... You should still be forced to pay taxes, but you get to choose where they go. It's like, okay, well, then you're not paying taxes because you're going to be like, no roads, no water, no No,
3: fire department, no cops. (laughs) Some of them will be grayed out at like five. So the police, you'll have to pay at least like 6%. Uh. Fire department will be at 4%. and you So there's minimums for some.
2: Oh, interesting. I love it. I think it's great.
0: (laughs) Professor Enigma says, I believe the future of gaming will be currency in game as an altcoin. People can invest in the coin and increase the value of items in game. For a long time, in World of Warcraft, gold had real-world value. Mm. And there were uh, – I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about like um, maybe like uh, Cuba or Venezuela. They World of Warcraft gold in their online accounts, they would keep because it actually had value to Americans. Venezuela. Oh, yeah, Venezuela. So they would actually rather hold World of Warcraft gold because it was less risky than <laughs> the Venezuelan currency.
2: Wow. Whoa. Crazy.
0: Yep. No name says, am I God? I'm sorry, but you're not. No. Yeah. I sorry. Think you, I
3: think you are. Bad news.
0: What, if, what if no name is? Oh.
3: Shit. You're a finger of God. It's like
0: God's just like sitting back in his chair, with his eyes half closed watching the show, and he's like, <laughs> oh, my God. And we're like, no. And he goes. <laughs> 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 I could see it. <laughs> the real Mr. Pink says, yo, Tim, love the show and what you're doing. You are truly on the front lines of the culture war. Sent you a pitch for my punch in jury concept. And even made a Harumph character for you. Keep an eye out. Keep kicking butt. Thank you. I will. Wicked Felina says, The end of your quest, Shining light into shadows, Reveal the wizard. Who is wizard? Ian will always be the wizard. Then who is wisdom? Yoda is wisdom. Who is Yoda? Yoda is Tim. Tim will always be Yoda. Okay. Logical. I
2: caught all of that. (laughs)
0: GG Player says true power is competence according to Jordan Peterson.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's related to authority. You know, competence gives gives you the right to speak into something.
0: Yeah. I just it's this like, you know, whenever the communists get power, they're like, we're going to take the farm away from the farm farmer and mm-hmm. give it to the farmhands and then the yeah. farm collapses. Yep. It's like maybe you needed that person to know what they were doing.
1: Yeah.
3: Is authority derived from power or is power derived from authority?
1: True power in my understanding, comes from authority.
2: Huh. And where does authority come from, do you think?
1: Well, competence was one good, but, you know, maybe wisdom is another one. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Sounds good.
1: Virtue, character.
0: Jerome Morrow says, based on a previous Super Chat, zombies don't eat brains because they're zombies. People become zombies because they eat brains and get the wrong prions. Oh. Mm -hmm. No, I think you just die when that happens. What is it called? Encephalopathy.
2: Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Oh, is that what it? Is yeah, it's the shakes. Yeah, the shakes. Yeah. Remember
0: in Book of Eli, it's like oh, when you yeah, buy, yeah. you gotta like yeah. hold your hands, Ooh. and if they're sh- oh no, my hands are shaking. Look, mm-hmm. wait, okay, <gasps> there they go.
3: Oh my god. No, what's the story?
0: <gasps> Dude, Book of Eli is an awesome movie. Yeah, you should watch it. it. Oh, awesome! No, Super
1: like a post. It's a post-apocalyptic,
0: but, and like he goes to the store, and they're like, "Show me your hands," and he like has to hold his hands up. Because when the cannibals are shaking, wow, yeah. So they're like, they want to know if you're a cannibal oh, or not. Wow. That was Book of Eli, right? Yeah, it was it? Yeah. yeah, that movie's yeah. awesome.
1: Great movie, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, dude, that
0: movie's so cool. Super he's, twist. he's badass. C.S. Bowden says the little bugs are most likely gnats, mm. but they're so
2: tiny. We have gnats. They're
0: everywhere. We should, you know, what we should do for the vlog. We should make the world's biggest uh, uh bug zapper. <laughs> That'd be cool, like a Tesla tower. It's
3: yeah, just, it would like, basically be a line. giant Tesla yeah. coil. <laughs>
0: We built a Tesla coil in the parking lot. For mm-hmm. the bugs. And, like, it just wipes. Like, we should see it's raining bugs because <laughs> oh they're all flying towards it.
2: And then the chickens are having a field day.
0: The yes. moths would, would, would burst into flames, right? I Probably, yeah.
2: That could be a fire. Wow. That would be awesome. <laughs> would be pretty
3: cool. I feel weird about coming out to nature and then slaughtering. All the animals Could of the an They're trespassing. Whatever. That's Ian. true. They are trespassing. Yeah. That's true. And Car- there's a sign up.
1: People to come see it. Yes.
2: yes that would we can do it fun. on a Friday.
4: Everybody stand <laughs> back. We're turning on the coil. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Michael Knowles book signing there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. We have to.
0: OMG Puppy says, quote, power emanates from the barrel of a gun. Mao mm. <laughs> Zedong. Ah.
2: Right, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Technically mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Authoritarianism. Mm hmm.
0: Nick Spicer says, hey, Tim, love the show. Curious if you think the world is heading towards the world in Harrison Bergeron. Forced equality and dystopic government rule. Well, that one was obviously very silly, like people having earpieces that scream in their ears so they can't think properly or wearing ugly masks or something. I mean, in a certain sense, I think we're already there. Where it's like, Ian was saying, you get a company and they're like, we need someone who knows how to backflip. Have you considered hiring a Mexican person? It's like, what does that have to do with the backflip? what backflip it's like well we need to hire people who can
3: that's where we're at I feel like um, purely through like need necessity that it won't get to that place of Harrison Bergeron because I think we'll die off as a species if we let ourselves hamstring or kneecap ourselves as a species so I think it's just going to be like this evolution doesn't happen because we want it to it happens because it has to happen so I does that make sense? I I, that I clarify that was that too. Uh, here's, here's what I think we should do. I <laughs> think circular. maybe
0: all of us productive individuals should just one at a time start leaving without a word, and you know, go to a specific area where we can be separate from these uh, countries that support people and extract value from those who are the hard workers. You know, what we can do. We can leave like a calling card after we're gone. Huh. Maybe like some kind of question, something oh. that like people would like struggle to understand. Like, like, um, maybe, maybe like calling out someone's name or something. Just having them question it. Like, who is Juan, Juan, uh, Galto? <laughs> mm-hmm. Who is, <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you say, how, how do you say who in Spanish? Quien. Quien? Quien. Quien, uh, uh oh, Juan Galto? Is that how you say it? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, i rando for those that aren't familiar. Got it. Rainforest says third time's a charm. It is the sixth, not the fifth, that guarantees a speedy trail. Thank you, sir, for the correction. The Fifth Amendment is what the right to uh, remain silent. Mm-hmm. and um, the fifth is more than that, though.: Yeah, I don't remember. Whatever. Constitution's great. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yes, if you haven't already, smash that like button. You can follow this show on Instagram and Facebook at Timcast IRL. Go on Facebook and share. Hit that smash that share button on these clips. We're putting up clips from the show, which are very different from the clips on YouTube. And they're usually like making specific points, so they're really fun. And it helps grow the show. And we want to obviously leverage Facebook to get more people to go to timcast.com and become members. We have two vlogs this weekend because I recently went and got the SIG M400. That Steven Crowder had sent me. So tomorrow's video is me going to get it. That'll be up around 9am at Cast Castle. So go to youtube.com slash Cast Castle. And then Sunday is when we used it. And also when we brought out the Barrett M82 and fired a 50 BMG at a steel target rated for 308, which was a whole lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. So go to youtube.com slash Cast Castle. Check out the vlog. You'll love it. Subscribe. Did you guys want to shout out your social media or anything?
1: You can find me on Twitter at GraceIsForYou. Just everything spelled out.
2: Easy yeah? enough. Mm-hmm. Curtis, Ian?
4: How Ooh. about you, Curtis? You can find me cooking dinner for her while she's <laughs> responding to Twitter. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <There> you <laughs> know. Excellent. Uh, I accept. You're becoming more healthy.
3: You are engaged with society. Thank you.
2: <laughs>
3: Have a wonderful evening mean? and find peace within you. It's there.
2: Oh, I like this. I like this Ian Wisdom before we leave. I just looked up the Fifth Amendment. There's a lot in there. Due process. You can't try somebody twice. And private property. And I just wanted to say, if you don't want to get into a fight with an alligator in water, what you need to do when you start a conversation, not shoot it, that would be (laughs) violence, is to pin down your definitions before you even get started, just like Tim did tonight with our definition of critical theory. Anyway, I'm Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. You can follow me and join me in my journey to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids.
0: Smash that like button on your way out. We do the show Monday Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So we're not going to be necessarily back tomorrow, but with the new show we are. Normally it's like we'll see you Monday. No, now we'll see you tomorrow at YouTube.com slash Cast Castle, 9 a.m. And then Sunday, and we are getting closer and closer to making the vlog go daily. How crazy are we? It's just more and more shows. We're not – the Paranormal Podcast is not far behind, but – the biggest challenge we face is just, uh, you know, you can only hire so many people so fast. You can't just be like, okay, everybody's hired and then you just have no idea what's going on. So we're going as fast as we can, but, uh, we're getting there. So thanks for being members at timcast.com and we will see you all next time. Bye guys.
5: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by
3: law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.